If you didn't know it until now, you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. In the evening breeze, listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off another, but I ask you, please, don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. Just turn me loose. Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western skies. On my guys, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the Good morning, Ryan. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. No, good morning to you. No. Actually, good morning to you, people. To all of you out there. No, really. Good morning. Uh, Good morning to you. I'm not kidding. I am not. This time I'm not kidding. Say this once and for all, and then I'm gonna let you go. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Good morning to you. No, 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 no. Good morning to you. It's your morning, not mine. It's all of your mornings, people. Good morning. This morning, everybody. Lots to talk about today, yo. Lots to talk about today. So much in the way of all the stuff we're doing radio-free almond-wise, which is like things happening every single day. You know, every day. Good morning, everybody. Every day something new is happening. Every day. It's not just every other day, or it's not just every three days, not every four days. It's not even every day and a half. It's every day. Something new happens in the Radio Free Home and World, Ryan. Oh, it's It does it not. <laughs> am I not right or correct about that? You every are. day. No, every day is a new Maybe day. Maybe every half a day. And you know what? You're right. You narrowed it down. <laughs> every half a day, something new happens in the realm of Radio Free Omen. Ryan, uh, good morning this morning. Tell me what happened, for instance, yesterday. So yesterday, you are now approved on iTunes. You now, your whole podcast every day, every day, is put on iTunes. You mean every day? I mean every day. Good morning every day. So all of those 
iPhone users out there, Mac users, Apple users out there can now subscribe to your podcast. So even if, and I'm not saying this happens, I'm not saying this happens, but even if there was this offbeat chance somebody were to miss your show, wild, they missed it, they can still hear you it. You mean you're saying that they might not be plugged into the show? Yeah. Oh. No, I mean, this is this is extreme cases. And by the way, it's only $75 to listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, totally free. I mean, the idea of subscribing really isn't... Anything no. but you just subscribing. It's free, fresh, conservative talk. Yes. Good morning. I got to get my uh, – one, that's one thing we're going to do, too, is get the newsletter out and, yeah. and uh, a once-a-week newsletter. And because this is only the second week and it's only Tuesday, I still have time to get my once-a-week newsletter out to the people. You know. You the do? people of Radio Free Almond. Yes. So, okay, so now we're on iTunes. We're on iTunes. And people are commenting on iTunes. Well, they're leaving tons of reviews, tons of five-star reviews, which is really cool because there's a, there's a part of, of iTunes called New and Noteworthy. And really the idea is to try to get Radio Free Element on all the New and Noteworthy sections of these uh, podcast platforms, so, uh, which will help uh, springboard Radio Free Element across the nation. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there are no two-star reviews. There are no two-star reviews. There are five-star reviews. Lots of five-star. Every day. Good now, morning. I'm not saying that there's not going to be somebody that may... A hater. And, and you haven't been on... You haven't been on there putting fake star reviews on there, have I you? I would never put a fake star. Now, I did review the show one I, time. You did. Okay. I did one time. Well, I'm seeing people commenting on them. Yeah. And, and it's not you. It is so, not me. <laughs> So they're real, like they're, they're they're real. real people. Yes. Good morning. And then uh, that's the new thing. Yeah. Then we have also nailed down a really great rollout happy hour. Yes. Here at Gaslight, the Gaslight Bar from 4 to 7 this Thursday mm-hmm. from 4 to 7, where we're going to have the studio set up just like it's normally set up. And... We are going to come and see through the glass and everything else and take a tour of the studio and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And then it's almost actually, it's kind of like reminds me of when, you know, like you go to George Washington's <laughs> Mount Vernon and the place is, the, like there's a bedroom set up in a room and you're like, this oh, slept. this is where George Washington That's what it's going to look like here when you take the tour. It's going to be like just a studio, but it's going to, you know. This is where Jamie eats. This is like we should have like wax figures of us yeah. doing our thing, like really like the really fake wax figures, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so that's going to be this Thursday. And the reason why we chose this place, it's on the hill, so it's basically right off of Forty Four and Kings Highway. So you're basically just right here, and so you just get off the highway and boom, you're on, and you're ready to rock and roll. And that's pretty much that's pretty much it. You're you're legit. And it's going to be fun, and we're going to have some food, and we're going to have some drink, and we're just kind of working all those details out. The other thing we're working out detail-wise is going to be the Doug Giles book signing extravaganza and Radio Free Almond Barbecue. So I want you to be able to mark your calendars for the 8th and 9th of June. The 8th will be our book signing down here at Gaslight with Doug, and then the... 
barbecue will be at a soon to be yep. named location on the 9th. So the 8th and 9th of June will be big days and big nights and uh, big times in the realm of Radio Free Almond. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on to the news of the day. Do we have the news of the day sounder there? Uh, Ryan. No, we don't. <laughs> well, of course we don't. But you know why? Because we don't need a news of the day sounder. What do you think we are, people? Now let's go to the... Let's, let, let, I love the people who do their radio shows. They're like, now let's go to the news of the day. This is the news of the day. Look at the little ballsy voice. Now the news of the day. And I can't do that. You know, I mean, you know. Let's go to the, you know, they name stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the uh, conservative news desk. Uh, no, the conservative news desk featuring conservative news talk radio person. Yeah. You guys get the drift, right? This is a different kind of vibe. Hey, by the way, yesterday, so uh, when is Kim Gardner, when, when is somebody going to discover that this banana republic known as the city of St. Louis is basically has in its realm an incompetent hack known as the St. Louis circuit attorney Kim Gardner? It's the worst known secret in all of St. Louis. There's not one lawyer in the city of St. Louis who isn't roundly mocking the incompetence of this office. And I'm telling you what, I don't understand why she's getting away with it. I don't understand how she gets away. How do you all think she gets away with it? Oh, yeah, I know, too. Yeah, you, I, yeah, right. Okay, now I, I get it. You know the answer to that, don't you? Of course you do. Because in the city of St. Louis, uh, you, you, sh- you, you can do whatever you want as long as you're a part of a certain community and you can just hack away no matter what you do because nobody dares critique these individuals because uh, otherwise you'll be known as a certain type of person and be smeared. So you shall not say a word about their incompetence or what they do because after all, look at how high they've reached this office and how dare you do this and how dare you do that. And this woman is notoriously incompetent and a hack, not just because of this Greitens situation, but also because of the fact that that office can't couldn't can't prosecute a a, a flea for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. They 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 have people who you know, they can't get a murder conviction. They can't get a this. They can't get a that. There are people walking every day from this office. And now yesterday, the judge said, "Oh, guess what, Kim Gardner, you're going to have to testify because after all." This case is an important one. This is this is holding the future of Missouri in our hands. Hey, by the way, you want to get the phone numbers out so people can call in? Absolutely. Let's do that. Have people call in to the morning show, Let the Radio the Free Almond Show. And once we get the phone system up, and you guys can call on in and tell me what you think. But anyway, Governor Greitens basically charges dropped yesterday because Kim Gardner didn't want to have to testify. So why do you think Kim Gardner, the St. Louis Circuit Attorney, didn't want to have to testify? Because her whole investigation is one big ball of corruption. She she lied about the chief. The chief of police was going to be testifying about this. The more the defense started to roll out their strategy and what they were going to do, 
the harder it got for her. In fact, in fact, Burleson probably gave her a break. Otherwise, she'd be the one in jail for perjury and beyond everything else. Uh, so so uh, demanding that she testify created a situation where she decided to drop the charges instead of having to testify. Keep in mind, she didn't have to drop the charges. But she's a coward and incompetent, and that's why she dropped the charges, because she knows she wouldn't get a conviction. There was no case. There was no case whatsoever. She could have easily had another circuit attorney handle the case. But because her case was built so deeply and depended so deeply on her corruption and on her manipulation and her hiring of these people from outside the office, it was built so tightly it was a house of cards, so to speak. I know I just invented that term. Nobody, have you ever heard the term house of cards? Of course you haven't. I've just invented it. It was a house of cards, basically. And the only person that could probably pull this off would be her because anybody else would take the card away and it would collapse. And that's why she dropped the charges. She'd know she didn't have to drop the charges, but she had to because everything was built on her flimsy, incompetent, banana republic-like approach to a prosecution of a sitting governor. Governor Greitens left the courtroom very happy. He's coming down the steps. The cameras are clicking. Ladies and gentlemen, the governor of the great state of Missouri, Eric Greitens. Today, the prosecutor has dropped the false charges against me. This is a great victory, and it has been a long time coming. Can someone tell me, by the way, when are they going to actually get cameras that don't sound oh, like I 1930s know. Prohibition era contraptions? <laughs> and they don't have to sound like that. Did, did you like, really? Do you have to have no. a claptrap like those cameras? Like I have one of those cameras. I can like you don't even have to hear it. I don't understand why it has to have these. What is that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, what, what, what are they, all the, the idiot press people with the, with the press in their fedora? It's like, come on, people. What we is sh- that, we by the way? Go, we, should be, we should do some RFA press passes and, just so we can do the clicking noises. We would have been down there, but we were preparing the great Radio Free Almond Show for the next day, everybody. 314-462-2772. 314-462-2772. Now let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to the phone lines. And I'll post that in the Facebook. This experience has been humbling. I have emerged from it. a changed me. I think that in all of our lives we have to... By the way, you hear up up over the overhead, there's a helicopter. I hear and you know what that helicopter is? It's a friggin' news helicopter. Deciding that an aerial view of Governor Greitens standing outside the courthouse would be an appropriate uh, picture of what's been going on. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know how stupid the people in this local media are? And, and they got a hell. Where they get the helicopter up? Because what, people would be streaming out of the courtroom in protest or whatever. That's a, that's a news helicopter taking an aerial <laughs> photograph of the courthouse where... Charges were dropped. They're getting an aerial view. Now, whose idea was that? Yeah. 
Yeah, here's Eric Greitens coming out of the courthouse. We see it from, what, 3,000 feet? Should we get the choppers up? <laughs> Charges have been dropped. Get the choppers up. I mean, honestly, that's what you're hearing is you're hearing hell, the aerial view. I always had a fantasy a while back because we did the uh, – when I was at Channel 30. And I was thinking because Channel 2 had the uh, their aqua – Two, whatever the boat, yeah, the Channel Two boat. <laughs> I mean, I, believe me, uh, you guys think we're two six or grade point averages. These people are probably one point eight. It's the only job they could possibly do is is whatever they're doing over at Channel Two or whatever. So that somebody came up with the idea that I know what we'll do. We'll get it. We'll get a Aqua Fox. They called it. And it's their news boat, right? And so we thought of this great idea to, to have, like, it was the Almond Report, because we were just at that time with the Almond Report. And so we thought, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll have, like, the uh, Almond Report locomotive so that the, the train will go through, like, Granite City. And we'll, take a, we'll, get, a, we'll get a view of the body <laughs> in the vacant lot from, exclusively from the Almond Report locomotive. Or or we'll or we'll, we'll we'll actually get we'll do them even better with their helicopters. We'll have the Almond Report seven fifty seven. So we'll get a we'll get a view of the flooding and the fire from thirty thousand feet up. <laughs> or or and then even better, how about the Almond Report Space Lab? Yes, yeah, where you can actually you can actually see what it looks like when Eric Greitens goes down the steps of the courthouse from up in space. Now, here's our view from space of the drop charges involving Governor Greitens. Uh, let's go now, Candy, to the, uh, to the uh, Alma Report space cam. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. And if we work through it in the right way. I'm sorry. I can't hear the governor <laughs> because, I, because of the claptrap sound of the post-dispatch's uh, 1940s Polaroids. And, and the sound of, of KMOV's helicopter overhead. We can work through pain. And, and heaven forbid you actually put a microphone on the podium right. so you actually, actually can hear the guy. No. Why, well, we wouldn't want to do right. that. Because otherwise you can't hear the camera and the, and the helicopter. Why Fine. would you do that? In all of our lives, we have to deal with suffering. If we deal with suffering in the right way, you know, we can emerge from I also believe... I think many people of faith do. Even in the hardest and most difficult situations, uh, we can find... By the way, do you have your photo yet? How many more clicks do you have? How many more views of Governor Greitens are you going to use? Are you still looking for the, the view of Governor Greitens where he looks guilty? So you can put, use that as the news... I haven't seen, actually, the Post-Dispatch's no, uh, picture they chose, but, but are they going to still use the mugshot, by the way? Because they've been obsessed with that thing. Anytime, every day they want to use this mugshot. By the way, this is the biggest... This is the most beautiful red-hot poker I've ever seen rammed up the rear end of the news media, of the Democrats, of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which has been crusading... Uh, against Governor Greitens every single day. There's a story. They're obsessed with the dude. That's the one they chose. Oh, yeah. See, of him, what is his eyes half closed? Walk, yeah. You took 
three million photos. <laughs> that's what we get. And that's the picture. I'm him, him walk, I'm, these guys, I'm telling you, this is an absolute racket, this news media in town here and the Post-Dispatch in particular. What they're doing here is but, – but this is – this was a monumental great day uh, for justice and for Governor Greitens and for basically what was a witch hunt. Anyway. Tremendous blessings. Above all, I am sorry for the pain that this process and my actions have caused my family, my friends, and the people of this world. Listen to that thing. <laughs> now, now they're getting a close-up of the governor from uh, 300 feet up in the air. I mean, honestly. Really oh. I am also tremendously, tremendously... Remind me next time when I go to one of these things to bring my laws rocket so I can just <laughs> cut the noise down just a tad. Extraordinary courage <laughs> and patience. Where is ISIS when you need them? <laughs> of family and friends and people of faith who have all recognized that in time comes the truth. We have a great mission before us. And at this time, I'd ask people of goodwill to come together so that all of us... Could anybody tell me what the use of an aerial view of this really would be? I don't know. I mean, are they going to? Are they going to? When the governor gets into the suburban, is that are they going to? Yeah. Now the governor's going down the highway back to. It's like, oh, dang it. can continue to do good together. Thank you guys, and God bless you. What do you have to say to them? Um, yeah, they're going to. The, she says she's going to refile the charges. Yeah, By the way, stay tuned. Watch my butt, and when monkeys fly out of it, you, that's when they will be refiling the charges. Okay. In other words, it's never going to happen. Ask Dave Murray when hell is going to freeze over, and that's when they're going to be refiling charges. They don't have the stones to refile the charges. They don't have the evidence to refile the charges. They're not going to refile the charges. Refiling the charges. Refiling the charges. No, they're not going to refile the charges, people. I'm just curious. I'm going to be with my family right now. Thank you. Would you take a picture of her, what do he say? What that guy say? Hold on. Can you take a picture of us? I think he's what he said. Would you take a picture of our governor? <laughs> <laughs> do you hear it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Get an aerial view of the uh, reporters unplugging the microphones from the podiums that they didn't apparently use. We could get a radio free almond drone. We could. That'd be great. <laughs> Just true. <laughs> you know, no. we could. We actually, we, that's that's something reasonable. Like we could, we could actually use that yeah. when we do our barbecue and, and we actually to do the radio for almond drone. That that's something we could actually. That's something that would be useful to yeah. the to the people. Did anybody see? If, if you did, you see the aerial view of whatever this was because I didn't watch the news, so I don't know how it really translated to the news. News uh, to, to the television screens, but the aerial view of uh, the Greitens thing must have been must have been impressive. So anyway, the the idea is, of course, that they're going to try to refile the charges or this or that. But the fact of it is, you can't redo a series of lies. You just, I mean, you can't duplicate how flimsily this was built and how they just rigged this thing. 
and you, you can't possibly, it's like, it's like when you're setting something up and it, you're just trying to kind of jerry-rig it uh, one day, and the next day you're trying to remember how you rigged it the day before, and you just can't do it. It doesn't work out that way. I love how there was, what, 16,000 photos that they went through, <laughs> and not one, not one thing that they could be like, oh, <laughs> they just used the bug, the mug shot and the picture of him with his eyes closed walking back up the steps. And the, Governor Grides, I think they still are going to pursue this uh, yeah. computer tampering totally. thing or whatever it happens to be. But again, this was a big day in terms of uh, the governor being vindicated. And he was humble about the whole thing. Didn't have to be necessarily, but but he was because this has been a troubling time for his family. And he understands that. And so in the end, for the governor, it's a time, obviously, to to celebrate the fact that justice has been served in this matter. But for him personally, it's not a time to celebrate at all because this has been a, a very trying time. Now, the one thing I am wondering about, and we still need to figure this out, is and and that's why I think that's why, honestly, I think the judge gave her a huge break by demanding that she testify because it allowed her to bail. Yeah. Because because this actually would have been pretty crazy to see things roll out the way they are rolling out. T- to see things the way they ought to be in terms of how the money was spent, who got the money, where the money came from to Al Watkins' office, who was actually explicitly involved in the whole setup job, who actually got the ex-husband to go in front of the cameras? Was it only his decision? What were the emails and the correspondence? Who else did the woman have in terms of her dalliances? Who else was she messing around with? Because I will tell you, that there were some other names bandied about that it probably would have been kind of uncomfortable in the end when Governor Greitens' lawyers unraveled other individuals that were involved in this. And by the way, how? what about the role of, for instance, Stacey Newman in, in this whole thing, Representative Stacey Newman, who, by the way, I noticed that her fascist piglet stepson on, on Mother's Day decided to laud her as some kind of mafia queen. Did you see that? Oh, I, I saw put it. that up on the page. And she talked about how she's more like Soprano-like in her ability to do this and to do that. Well, believe me, the Governor Greitens situation that Stacey Newman was involved is only one of about five failures that this miserable woman is going to endure through the summer. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's so so the, so the Newman family is celebrating quite early, if you ask me. And on Sunday, Mother's Day, because because Governor Greitens is actually one of Stacey Newman's scalps. That's as far as they're concerned. And so Definitely. her piglet stepson Drew decided that that he was going to celebrate that, but but celebrated way too early. And I think they're celebrating way too early on a number of different levels, but we'll we'll eventually be getting to that. Stacey Newman was the one who was actually on the record as, I mean, this is Representative Stacey Newman. Keep in mind, this is all taking place while she is a state rep 
Also, by the way, a lot of what she was doing was taking place while taxpayers were paying for her medical leave. So she wasn't really doing anything for the state except laying on her couch tweeting, and we were paying for it, essentially. And that's what she was up to. So she paid, basically got the, uh, the, the woman involved in this, her a lawyer, she's the one who... Uh, according to email records and text records, she was the one who set the woman up with the circuit attorney's office to begin with. Right. And other individuals in that situation. She's, she's the one who, this is a state where, why would she do that? What was her interest in doing that? Ask yourself, what was her interest in doing this? Well, it was because she was attempting to use somebody to, uh, to, hurt a Republican governor who she didn't like. And by the way, a person who she felt was a betrayal, if you know what I mean. So that's what I'm kind of talking about here. Is Drew even involved in politics? Is he a political guy? No, he works at a place called the Gateway Blend. And they, they're the ones who, well, we'll get, to, we'll get in. You'll, you'll know more about that down the line. So somewhat, he is in, in some ways involved, at least in the, the commentary side of politics or... You mean creating bots? I'm sorry, what? You mean yeah. fake accounts? Things? Yeah, those <laughs> okay. kinds of things. Yeah, those kinds of okay. things. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah the gate, it, that's all kind of a, okay. a little bit of a... And, but they all fancy themselves, like, like he, as, as you saw on Facebook, as a, they all fancy themselves as being, so, as, as you can tell, like some kind of mafiosos. Like, they, like they're controlling, you know, what's going on. And, and, and they don't really understand how little control, in the end, they have. I mean, they have kind of a temporary type of thing going on right now, but it is indeed, in the end, uh, ultimately temporary. So did you see, by the way, the aftermath of what was happening with the, uh, the situation regarding the movement of the embassy Definitely. to Jerusalem? And, of course, Hamas and the Muj, they never need really any excuse necessarily. They'll take any, anything to, to try to hurt people yeah. and to try to try to uh, cause trouble and the israelis were like no you're not going to cause trouble <laughs> just shot him. yeah i mean that's what that's what's going to happen and so uh hamas is going to kind of up the attacks we'll follow up on that uh we'll take your phone calls as well what's the number again ryan yes it is 314-462-2772 314-462-2772 and without further ado ladies and gentlemen how about this Mother Jazz, our national anthem? Can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars.
All right, coming up, we've got Doug Giles joining us. Yeah, just about 8.30 or so, Texas time, which also means St. Louis time, but <laughs> just jazzing that up for you. Doug Giles, by the way, and right now we're looking for our barbecue venue, but keep in mind that Friday night down here at Gaslight, the 8th of June, this is what we're planning right now, is we're going to have a book signing and a book reading. In fact, Doug is going to bring, we're, we're ordering these, we're getting him to ship these books ahead of time. Yeah. So we've got the uh, Rules for Radical Christians, but we also have Pussification and <laughs> Raising Rowdy Girls. Those, so I, he said, should I, should I have all those books shipped? I said, absolutely, because people will want Pussification. People will want a signed copy of it from you. <laughs> it's so funny, that title. Oh, it's great. Doug, and, and plus, Doug is a really fun guy. So you're gonna, So if you want to make a weekend of it, great, because he's got Pussification coming. He's got Raising Rowdy, Raising Rowdy Girls. And he uh, ra- ra- raising rowdy and righteous girls. I think that's the name of the no, name of it. And then rules for radical Christians. And so we're going to do kind of a book signing event here at Gaslight on Friday, and then on Saturday we're going to do the barbecue. We're going to have music, drink, food, blue, blue, and we're going to have uh, Doug will be there speaking and a couple of other folks as well. And so we're now right now we're looking for a perfect venue for that yes but basically the train has left the station and doug is on the way yeah and that's going to be the 8th and 9th of june so mark that on your calendars also thursday this thursday we're going to have the radio free almond the first happy hour and we're going to facebook live it and everything else and we're going to have a tour of the studio and you're going to see our environment down here at the gaslight bar there'll be drinks fantastic yeah there'll be drinks all kinds of stuff and then eventually we're going to go ahead and do the uh the ladies morning so to speak as opposed to ladies night uh, and so we're going to have that eventually, maybe midsummer or so, where we're going to, and, and men are welcome too, but we're going to just kind of be, it's going to be like mimosas and check out the show and be down here while the show's going on and hang out and, and, uh, and enjoy It's a like the new eHarmony. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. yeah. I hope you guys like the uh, brand new stream. We have now, right now, the Facebook stream, which is uh, beautiful HD. And it's plugged in, so you're hearing the sound crisp and clear. And it's going to be, It's eventually we're going to have a few cameras involved, and so it's going to be more like a TV show for you. Notice a lot of people are just watching it on the, on the phone, yeah. uh, and, they're, and they're carrying it with them in the car, and they're able to hear us. And if they decide they want to look at us, they can do that too. So It's really cool that you kind of have that option, depending on where you're at, the environment, you have multiple ways to listen. Right, right. Yeah. Fantastic. And our stream is going great, too. And, and we ha- now have, we are now on iTunes. So you're able to kind of uh, look at, see our, listen to our podcasts on iTunes. And then we are also, when is this app? We're, we've got to be like a couple days away couple from the days app, away. right? Yeah. Okay. So and they're actually testing it as we speak. Oh, they are. Yeah. Who are they, by the way? They are developers. Are they? They are. They, are they the ones really, uh, when you really get right down, like I see in the commercials, because every time you watch the commercials about like dog food or something, okay. there's always these people like in white lab coats. 
testing the dog food. Let's make sure it's perfect here. And they probably resemble more of like the twenty-five-year-old guy in his mom's basement kind of oh. level. But if we were to do a commercial featuring them, they oh. would be in lab coats. Oh, okay, absolutely. It would be, they'd be like in some like white, uh, sterilized room yeah. testing the. And the Radio Free Almond app. Like, uh, <laughs> they'd be like soldering chips. <laughs> you know? Or there's somebody with, like, with, a, with, a, with a dropper of liquid. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Radio Free Almond app being developed. Then there's always the guy who walks up to review their work. So there's always that one guy in the lab coat, and he's got like a clipboard. And he walks up <laughs> to, to observe the people <laughs> testing the... Radio Free Almond app to make sure it's okay. In all seriousness, because then I know all the people who are saying, iTunes, I'm a Samsung Galaxy person, or I'm an Android person. Uh, Today, 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 it will be released as a podcast on Android as well, to where you guys can listen to the show in case you miss one. Or... And I see this a lot where people are like, I caught the first hour and a half or I caught the last hour, but I missed the first part. Um, that's what's so cool about the podcast. Go back, listen to it. Cool. Yeah. And and because I, yeah, I don't understand all those different platforms, but a guy from Canada, right? Didn't he? Uh, yeah. Get, honestly, what, I have been to- getting uh, checking in from Kansas City. Uh, Troy says checking in from Kansas City right now. I mean, there's multiple people who have said like, hey, I'm listening to you from British Columbia. I mean, that's what is. Oh, here, here's good morning from Tucson, Arizona. People all over the place. And that's what I've been noticing is everybody's like coming in from all over, which is that is the change with Radio Free Alma now. Not that it's not local. It's still a local show. We talk about a lot of local politics, but people are listening to it throughout the people on business. From Tucson to Tucumcari. You know, what's interesting, though, is is a lot of our people, though, uh, the Radio Free Alban listeners and others, Not if you're, if you're not hanging out in St. Louis, we've got business travelers. These people are individuals who are out there right. making money, you know, and, 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 and moving it. Conservatives. And moving product. And they're, they're, they're traveling, and they're able to take us with them, which is one of the great things about Radio Free Alban and the app and everything else. Yeah. Ultimately, what's going to happen with the app is all you have to do is push that button and you are in. You see all the reporters. This is everything played out, Ryan, pretty much the way that we said it was going to play out yesterday, which is kind of, in, on the one hand, it doesn't mean that we're brilliant. It just means that the news media and the left are painstakingly predictable. And, and and so you could pretty much you pretty much know every single move they're going to make, every single word that comes out of their mouth. And in the wake of the situation of moving this embassy to Jerusalem, let me ask you something: What do you think? What it would pro- prompt individuals to hate this move? Like like what like what is it, for instance, about the mooge? about the Hamas and the other individuals that makes them so angry that the embassy is moved to Jerusalem. And is it because they believe they own Jerusalem? Because the last time I checked, Jerusalem is in the state of Israel. Am I mistaken or is it kind of like uh, not in the state of Israel? It's in the state of Israel. So uh, the Arabs don't own Jerusalem. I mean, I, th- I know they think they do, and I think they think this is kind of part of their ownership, 
But what do you think makes these individuals so angry about moving the embassy to Jerusalem? Well, because ultimately what it does is it highlights the essence of Christianity, and it highlights the essence of God, and it highlights the essence of a belief system they don't have. And it strengthens the state of Israel, and they can't stand it. So ultimately what you get then is not only the Hamas out there, Hamas, <laughs> reporters. And, <laughs> yeah. I, meanwhile, Hamas, it's like, it's Hamas. Just do it, okay? You're from, you're from Nebraska, dude, okay? You're not from the Middle East. It's Hamas, okay? It's very simple. So these folks are, are in a situation where they are uh, basically uh, hell-bent on causing trouble and doing this and doing that. And so they're the ones causing the kerfuffle there in Israel and beyond and trying to stream the border and do all that kind of thing. And then meanwhile, at home here in the United States, what you're getting is you are getting a bunch of individuals who are, well, they're in the news media. And they're doing the propaganda work of Hamas and others because they hate Israel too. And so they don't like this whole idea. So we had a situation where we had uh, Raj Shah, who was the deputy press secretary, going before the media yesterday. And this is how it all went down. Check it out. The death toll is over 50 in Gaza. Is the U.S. calling on Israel to use restraint in, in dealing with these protests? No, because Obama isn't in office anymore. So, so we're, we're done with the restraint thing. Israel is its own state. We support its independence, and we don't sit there wagging our finger every time Israel decides it's going to fight back or stand up for itself. So uh, to answer your question, sir, even though I'm not Raj Shah, no. Well, we believe that um, you know, Hamas is responsible for these, for these uh, tragic deaths, that their uh, rather cynical um, exploitation of the situation it is what is what's leading to these deaths, and uh, we want them to stop. Yeah, because what Hamas is doing is they're just you. Could, it could it could be any other day, and they would be pulling this kind of crap over there in Israel. They really don't need anything but just a flimsy excuse to start attacking Israelis and others. And this provides them the perfect platform to do what basically they're all born and bred to do. So that's that's what they're doing. They're they're just simply uh, acting the way they predictably will act on any other day, which is violently against people in Israel. No burden on Israel to do something to sort of rein it in. If I can very quickly, the French Foreign Minister Raj said about what's taking place in Gaza. He urged Israeli authorities to exercise discretion. Keep in mind, these are individuals who are just simply working and taking the side. Of Hamas. The, these are individuals, these aren't really reporters as much as they are advocates for allowing Hamas to pretty much do whatever the hell they want to do and to attack Israel for standing up for itself. You saw in the run up to the move of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem the protestations on all the newscasts and everywhere and beyond where they were all just simply angry about this, saying this was going to disrupt the peace process, they were going to do this, do that. And then, of course, what happens? They move the embassy to Jerusalem, and guess what? Hamas suddenly doesn't, isn't peaceful anymore or at least just continues on with their violence, and that's what we get. Everything basically now with the Middle East and Israel is just add water and 
predictably you get the results. And restraint. So to be clear, does the U.S. not agree with the French that Israeli authorities should... No, no, the U.S. does not agree with the French, dude. How many times are we going to have reporters and individuals who are in the news media continue to badger the White House and badger the United States of America to cooperate and adopt the standards of Europeans on down the line? It doesn't matter whether it was the uh, situation regarding the global uh, warming uh, packs or whether it be trade deals or whatever is done. The reporters reflexively always decide they're going to say, well, even though Germany and France and Britain all disagree, the president still decided to do this. Well, because he's the president of the United States. He's not the president of France. We don't live in France and we're not going to adopt the policies of France. But invariably what happens is the news media continue every time you turn around to go ahead and say, hey, don't you agree with France? It's like, no, actually, we don't because we're the United States. Exercise discretion and uh, restraint. We believe that Hamas is responsible for what's going on. So there's no responsibility beyond that on the Israeli authorities. Kill at will. I mean, kill kill at will. Now, now that's language, again, (laughs) adopted by the... News media that kill at will. That's that's not that's not a policy. The Israelis haven't indicated that's their policy, but the reporters all decide that's going to be what their policy is. Kill at will. That's not. That, I mean, that's an editorial. That's not a question. We believe that Hamas, as an organization, is engaged in cynical action that is leading to these deaths. And on the issue of peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians, when was the last time the White House reached out to Palestinian leadership? And will, given the high numbers of casualties, uh, Palestinians calling what's happened today a massive... So now the White House has to reach out right. to Palestinian leaders to try to, what, get them to control these dogs that they have running around creating problems over there in the Middle East? Is that what we have to do is reach out now to the Palestinian authorities? How about the Palestinian authorities reach out to all of their citizens who are running around causing violence, causing trouble, and basically using this move of the embassy as an excuse to cause more trouble? Why is it our responsibility to reach out to the Palestinian authorities who apparently can't control all their dogs out there. I don't understand how that's a, that's a deal. Will the White House be reaching out? Well, uh, I don't honestly have an answer for you on that. I'll, I'll get okay, back to you. Just follow up then. Sure. I mean, Jared Kushner in his speech pointed a finger at the Palestinians saying they were responsible for provoking violence. But given the fact that it's only Palestinians who are being killed, should Israel not shoulder some of the blame? <laughs> well, as I said earlier... So, oh, <laughs> they constantly try to make this out to be Israel's problem. Keep in mind, we're moving an embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. That's an act that apparently is something that Israel has to apologize for, even when people violently respond to some some simple act. And I, I get it that it's not a simple act. It's a, it's a very symbolic act. But the reality is the people who are misbehaving are the ones who are responsible for this. This is a move that is a bolstering of the sovereignty of Israel, bolstering of the U.S. support of the sovereignty of Israel, and we don't have to apologize for it. And yet on down the line, that's what these individuals are forcing the White House to do. I, I love how she says in there, uh, that this is violence uh, from Israel to Hamas because none, nobody on Israel's side has gotten injured yet. No, that's called proactive defense. 
Absolutely. <laughs> That's proactive Earlier, defense. Hamas bears the responsibility. Look, this is a propaganda attempt. I mean, this is a, a, a gruesome and unfortunate propaganda attempt. I think the Israeli government has spent weeks um, trying to handle this uh, without violence. And uh, we find it very unfortunate. rocks 50 meters from the wall and were faced with sniper attack. I mean, is the White House in denial of the split-screen reality that's occurring? Yeah. So at this point right now, what they, what they did was they compared, they also had a graphic where they compared what the uh, the so-called armaments that Hamas was using to the response of the Israelis. The bottom line is they're going to they're going to keep the peace any way they see fit. And they're not going to allow people to continue to team across the border and to start pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And 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 by the way, when you're throwing rocks at individuals and soldiers and that kind of thing, how do you think the soldiers are supposed to respond? Now, I do know they could probably maybe uh, try to see if they could rent that water cannon <laughs> from Venezuela because that thing seemed to work pretty well. <laughs> well, just picture. Now, see, this is where this gets ridiculous. Imagine somebody going up at the White House and starting to chuck rocks at the Secret Service and – let me tell you something. Like, there's videos where people tried to run towards the gates at Secret Service, and they dropped them with guns like a sack of potatoes. And they weren't throwing anything. They were just running. And where, where are we getting the numbers uh, for, <laughs> of the individuals who have been killed? Where, where are those numbers right. coming from? They're coming from Hamas. And, and is, do we do we trust those numbers coming from Hamas? Are, are those real? Have you ever heard of a thing called uh, it's called Pallywood? And it, it's it's like Hollywood and it's like Bollywood, but it's called Pallywood. And Pallywood is if you just look it up, uh, uh, Google Pallywood. Much like I would ask you to I go, ask you to Google Land of the Lost. I already today. did it. You never did. Would well, you ever see Land of the Lost? Did you, did you see the intro? So here's what I did last night. I watched the. You're not going to be happy with this. I watched the movie Land of the Lost. Oh no! <laughs> you got you, No, 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 no. You got to watch the 1970s Land of the Lost. And what's great about the opening of the Land of the Lost is they have like an isolation on. If you if you looked at if you were like in the mountains or something and you saw like a little trickle of water going down a bunch of rocks or something, okay, and that, like like a little bit of water going down the rocks, they decided they were going to make that into like a waterfall, okay, and they superimposed these people in like a canoe <laughs> on the water, and that, and that and that's how they wound up in the land of the lost because their canoe kind of like went haywire they wound up in the land of the lost but they superimposed this little canoe this canoe with people in it over what was a kind of a blow up of a little piece of water trickling down a rock it was the most hilarious thing it was so janked up it was crazy yeah it was you you you, it was really something anyway pallywood if if you look up Pallywood, it's really fascinating, and it's and the Palestinians used to do this all the time. They do it a little bit uh, less these days because people have caught on. But if you notice in the video, there's always a couple of ambulances. Every time there is a protest, there are always a couple of ambulances standing by, and ultimately, the video you see usually would be like a bunch of people carrying some moaning protester into the back of an ambulance. And that happens constantly. If you if you looked up video, even from the past, you'll notice that that's what they do, where they are taking 
the these individuals and they're faking their injuries. So invariably what happens is you just get a bunch of loops of video of individuals who are they're, 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 they're pretending that they're being attacked and harmed. And it's all a ruse. It's all theater. It's, that's why they call it Pallywood, because that's kind of what they do. They're, they're producing these kind of fake news images. And reporters and television cameramen and those kind of guys are always more than happy to make this a, a big deal and not even question what is going on? And so what you see is a situation where uh, just check it, check out Pallywood, but also when you're seeing images from the Middle East, pay close attention to what's going on and the visuals you're seeing. More often than not, you're seeing individuals who are being carried into an ambulance who actually aren't injured at all. They're just moaning, whatever. and, and or, or they'll take pictures of... Uh, of like a like a rag doll yeah. in rubble, yeah. you know, and they'll put the rag doll and 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 they'll frame the picture. There'll be photographers who actually even will take like a toy or a or a rag doll or something like that and place it amidst the rubble and then take pictures of that. It's all designed to essentially show that really. Israel is evil and they're aggressors and that kind of thing. But check out, it's called Pallywood, P-A-L-L-Y Wood. And it's an entire documentary and they continue to basically feed this, this site with all kinds of images that clearly are faked and janked up and juiced up by the Palestinians, by the Arabs to actually create this fake viewpoint of an aggressive Israel. Keep in mind also, the numbers, pay attention to where the numbers are coming from. That number of 41, I think they even brought it to 50, that's coming from Palestinian authorities, from, from, from Arab authorities. That, that's not coming from uh, uh, the Red Cross or whatever it happens to be. Those are numbers, to my knowledge, that are coming from the Palestinians themselves. And if I were you, I would take them with a grain of salt.
Want to hear the Land of the Lost intro? <laughs> yes. Let me see. I don't remember. I haven't listened to it, so I didn't practice this. But as I remember, it's like the land of the lost. That's what I. That's what I remember it being. I haven't cheated, so I haven't listened to it. I haven't heard probably the land of the lost theme since I was a kid. So this is 1974, right? And I would have been 11 years old in 1974. And this is the uh, the intro here. Check it out. Let me see. Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. It's a routine expedition, keep in mind. <laughs> it's interesting how even during Gilligan, for instance, it was always like a three-hour tour, but they had all their clothes with them. It's like, wait a minute, was it a three? How did you have all that stuff with you? Although it didn't seem Skipper had a change of clothes, neither did Gilligan, but the Howells certainly did anyway. At the greatest earthquake ever known. Yeah, here, here's the here's the uh, watch this. See this visual of, of the of of the uh, water coming down. Yeah, that's that's. Sid and Marty Croft. <laughs> I got it. I got it. That was so. That was back in the day when we had, you know, the Land of the Lost and H.R. Puffin stuff and uh, the Banana Splits and all those guys. See, I watched. I was watching old Star Trek episodes, and it kind of had that same horrible graphic vibe to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did. Yeah. But those were the old days. They didn't know. They didn't really kind of. Either they had people who they just simply dressed up in costumes. Right. I think I had one where there was one called Lancelot Link. I don't remember what it was called, Lancelot Link. But I do know that the monkey was Lancelot Link. And Lancelot Link was a uh, like a like a monkey that would wear, like, tuxedos and suits and ties <laughs> and stuff like that. And that would be, like, what, what, what you basically would... Uh, uh, would be subjected to. But that was entertaining for us. That was, you know, Saturday morning. That's what you did, man. And then usually what happened is you'd see all those and the band splits and all the cartoons. And then usually by around um, 11 o'clock, you had the, um, what was the name? What was the, what was the name of the cartoon with uh, Bandit and uh, the, the dog and darn it. I can't remember what it was. You know, Johnny Quest. Oh, okay, okay. So now, if if uh, if Johnny Quest yeah. came on, usually that was your cue that you kind of better get outside, buddy, because <laughs> it's too late. Like it's it's too late by that time. Maybe it's like eleven o'clock, and Johnny Quest was on. And then if somehow you got around and you were still in the house when Charlie Chan came on, you were wet. It was either raining. Or whatever, but if your butt was inside around the time Charlie Chan was on TV, uh, you were either sick, it was raining, or something, because you had no excuse to be indoors when Charlie Chan came on. And then fast forward now to 2018, when like my kids, they don't watch TV like that anymore. Now it's YouTube videos. They, uh, they watch YouTube yeah, videos. A big so deal. It's, 
it's just weird. Like yeah. they're going to talk back to their kids. Well, back in our day, we would just sit and watch YouTube videos. Right, right. Weird, weird videos of parents unwrapping toys. Have you seen these videos? No. Oh, gosh, they're weird. I finally stopped. I wouldn't allow them to watch anymore because it's so weird. Like, they're parents that make their money by basically exploiting their children on YouTube. Uh, they make their kids start YouTube channels, but huge production values in these things. And they dress up in Spider-Man. And the, uh, parents know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're watching yeah, I mean, this. yeah. And, they, and these kids, they, they watch this. They have... 10 million, 20 million views. Well, Aiden went for a while did that same thing where they were doing all these tricks and yes. they had their YouTube channel and that kind of thing. But I didn't, but there was a, there was a little bit of production value to it, but I didn't really oh, help him do it. No, you know? this is crazy production value and it's, it's yeah. a weird world. It is a weird world. Speaking of weird, have you seen David Letterman lately with that big long beard of his? He looks like Forrest do you, Gump. Do you do, do, you do uh, Trump stuff when you go out? Jerry no, Seinfeld. no, it doesn't interest me. I, I do a lot of raisin stuff. <laughs> a lot of what? Raisins. I have a lot of raisin material. Because, you know, you have the Sunmade company. Uh... <laughs> and then you have the Raisinette people. Yeah, that's right. And you're going to go with the Sunmade people. Well, I just think it's interesting that after 80 years, Sunmade finally went, hey, why don't we put some chocolate on it? Uh-huh. <laughs> Like, imagine not thinking of that for 80 years. <laughs> so Letterman, again, trying to get Seinfeld. And Seinfeld's a great guy. He's funny. And, and yeah. he's funny. And he's, I, I, don't know whether, I, I don't know whether I could really say that he's a conservative guy. But he doesn't suffer the small stuff. He's not one of these comedians out there who decides that they're going to solely focus on President Trump. And on on bashing Trump and doing all that kind of thing, and so I think I think he's a cool guy. Letterman tried to get him to attack Trump there, and it didn't work. And good for him. Doug Giles is coming up at about eight thirty, and keep in mind, Doug is going to be coming in and get your calendars ready for the eighth and ninth of June. That is when Doug's going to come in. We're going to do a book signing. We're going to do a barbecue. It's a radio free almond barbecue, and the Doug Giles book signing is going to be right here at Gaslight. And then we are going to, this Thursday, it's going to be the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour, the first of many. But we're going to do it here at Gaslight because, first of all, we want you to see the studio. And we're going to have it all kind of uh, set up the way it's set up every morning here. And then we're going to basically have tours and hang out in the bar and enjoy all that there is to enjoy about Gaslight. It's a great bar, great place, and their music is fantastic. And if you look at the Gaslight sessions, you can actually see uh, all what they do in the studio where we happen to be sitting right now. Now, we do have a, uh, an invite page, is that correct? We do. Actually, you know what? It just released, I think, uh, the event. So you can go and click on the event and see the details of the event on Facebook. Um, and you can actually click that you're going. Uh, so that way you can invite friends and all that good stuff. And I'll make sure that is posted, but uh, should be out there now. Keeping an eye out for Melania Trump, who now is in the hospital. I don't know whether you heard about uh, the first lady who is uh, basically having some kind of she's some kind of kidney condition or something. And so she's over there at Walter Reed now for the entire rest of the week. So this is like a, I guess it was she, they called it an embolization procedure 
for a benign condition that had really no complications, and this is according to the uh, Politico website. And she basically is recovering well, doing all that kind of thing. And President Trump went there yesterday afternoon to go ahead and see her there at the hospital. Basically, it was just kind of a routine kind of procedure. And she is doing fine, but she's going to be there the rest of the week. And by the way, she is at the White House. Uh, You know, I do know that Barron is in, I think he's still in New York. I think he's still going to school in New York. And Melania is kind of going back and forth between New York and D.C. and everything else. and, and uh, According to the media, it's because Trump and her have an awful marriage and Trump doesn't care about her and Melania hates him. And, yeah. Yeah. And they, and, they, and they actually have no idea no, what they're talking no about. No clue. But, that, but that, doesn't, that doesn't stop them. Here's an interesting story, too. And this is, and, and we're going to get around to essentially uh, talking more about the Greitens case. If you have some input in this debacle, and we started off the show talking about basically the charges being dropped, and Kim Gardner, who is the most corrupt circuit attorney I think we've seen in a long time, And Kim Gardner is in a situation where she now is, in my opinion, definitely compromised when it comes to her activities around this investigation. I think the reason why she decided that she was going to uh, drop the charges is not just because she had to testify, because she really didn't have to drop these charges. All she had to do was have one of her circuit attorneys take over. And do, the, and do the job for her, and she could go ahead and testify. But the reason she didn't want to testify is because, in my opinion, she would probably wind up perjuring herself. We would know more about the investigation, how it went. And Dowd and all these other lawyers, Scott Rosenblum and these guys, would have basically just made mincemeat out of her on the stand there, and she just didn't want to tolerate it. So she decided she was going to go ahead and pull the ripcord and drop the charges, and Governor Greitens essentially says, hey, we knew this was a witch hunt. It's all over with. But imagine the, dr- the dramatic turn of events here. Now, people are acting as if Judge Burleson somehow made some kind of uh, mistake and was actually just in the pocket of Greitens. But no, the testimony of Kim Gardner was essential to discovery and essential to this case in terms of trying to figure out exactly what was going on, how these charges were brought, how it came about that this woman wound up uh, coming to her, how this all went down. And I just believe that Kim Gardner didn't want this revealed to her. Kim Gardner didn't want this essentially made public. And she saw what was going on with the heat and and everything else coming her way. And I just don't think that she actually wanted to be exposed in the way that she was going to be exposed. That was her, in my opinion, her biggest problem. And to me, that's why she dropped the charges, because she's a coward and because she knew that eventually this trial was going to be a huge mess for her and the entirety of the circuit attorney's office. I'd be surprised if actually she continued on with this phony trumped up charge regarding the computer tampering and everything else. I'd be surprised if she uh, even kept that up. Uh, Ryan, what's one of the phone numbers again for people to call into the show? So you can call in at 314-462-2772, 314-462-2772. 
got a story in the New York Times and on the National Review site as well that the Electoral College, according to this study, favors Republicans. Now, keep in mind, I will tell you, back in the day, there was a Republican effort that they dropped, and I'm kind of glad they did, to make the Electoral College based on the popular vote, more in line with what the popular vote is. Uh, So ultimately what you do is you'd have a division. Like you wouldn't just take one state in its entirety. You actually would be dividing electoral votes based on the popular vote. That was what Republicans wanted to do to change the Electoral College. And the reason why Republicans wanted to do that and this was a couple of years ago because I remember being approached with this uh, effort to change the Electoral College. The Republicans at the time were able to – like when you did the math before President Trump arrived on the scene, when you did the math for any Democratic candidate, including Hillary Clinton, essentially all they needed were a couple of states, like three different states because they had the rest of the states – all essentially won. So the Electoral College basically at that time, and the Republicans saw it this way, as leaning more towards uh, Democrats because these states would predictably over the past 20 years go Democrat, 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 Democrat. Now, that's why when President Trump arrived on the scene, it was important for them to kind of change the electoral map. That's why you saw President Trump going to Michigan more often than Hillary Clinton did, going to Pennsylvania more often than Hillary Clinton did, working harder in Ohio more often than Hillary Clinton did. And that's because in order to be able to have a Republican win an election, you had to basically take states that traditionally were taken by Democrats. That's just the bottom line. And so Republicans at the time, because they were stymied by this, because you had people, lazy people like uh, Jeb Bush and other Republicans who traditionally, like John McCain and Mitt Romney and these guys, who basically all they would do is essentially they would be sacrificial lambs in the electoral process because Republicans really couldn't win these states. You needed to have a new kind of brand of Republican. And that's where President Trump came in, where they changed the entirety of the map, made it all uh, focused on states that traditionally weren't really going Democrat. And that's how President Trump wound up winning the day. Uh, because he was a different kind of Republican, worked harder than Republicans had in the past, and that's basically what he was he, he was doing there. But now we see this story where the Electoral College favors Republicans, which I actually think is garbage. But I'm going to go ahead and 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 tell you about it, even though I definitely think that it's a pile of crap. I'm just telling you, it's it's. I, I don't think it's true that it favors Republicans. I think that right now. That's the narrative of the Democrats and the left wing and the never-Trumpers there at the National Review. Keep in mind, the National Review is chock full of never-Trumpers. This is, this is the National Review that, remember, when President Trump was running, do you remember, what was it, 22 people, uh, 22 authors, 22 individuals who, who it, was, it was President Trump must be stopped. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, you see a lot of these same people kind of wandering around and they're still uh, being talked about. They're still like Katie Pavlich, for instance, is still up there on the 
on on the on the websites and everything else, and other individuals who were there. Uh, I can't remember was it was Ben Shapiro one of them because I know he was a Never Trumper for yeah. a long time, and all these individuals who came out uh, of nowhere, but that were authors of individual articles. Dana Lash was yeah. another example of that. Beck. I mean, his uh, Glenn Beck. Yeah. All these guys were part of this whole cabal to try to uh, keep President Trump from becoming the nominee, and so the National Review was more than happy to have these individuals write this piece because the National Review didn't want. President Trump to be the nominee either because they were terrified. Jonah, the Jonah Goldbergs of the world, right. those individuals. Uh, I, I do believe that um, the guy Benson was one of them as well. All these people you're kind of seeing up there on TV now are individuals who are now uh, acting as if nothing happened. Oh, but yeah. I remember them <laughs> yeah. and I remember who they were. And you're not fooling anybody in any way, right. shape, or form about what I know you were doing during the run up to this uh to to the to the campaign and what what you what you're up to. But anyway, so I don't trust what the National Review does. Uh Rich Lauer and those guys, they're they're really basically they're they're called salon Republicans, meaning they sit on their butts on nice stuffed couches and that's and and write about Republican stuff. Yeah. That's kind of what they do. But they're really not the kinds of conservatives and people that ultimately wound up supporting President Trump and and rightfully so because he was going to basically change the dynamic of the Republican Party and and change and indeed now as you've seen change the country. So this is from the National Review, take it with a grain of salt. And I'll read you the first part of it here. The Democratic coalition of upscale whites and racial and ethnic minorities is concentrated in a few areas, leaving many states to go narrowly for the GOP. Now, keep in mind, that never was really a complaint of theirs before and and, and wasn't a complaint of Hillary, certainly, because remember what she said in the aftermath of her her defeat, how she was essentially... uh, wishes there was a change in electoral college because because she went to all these places. She won the popular vote among upscale right. thinking people and minorities who apparently, in her mind, are more important than non-minorities. And I don't understand that. They're no less important, right. but they're no more important uh, than than non-minorities as well. So what you had here is a situation where the electoral college was precisely created to avoid what we saw with Hillary Clinton's strategy, because what she thought she could do is go to the population centers and win the election that way by going to the population centers and essentially take the election the way other people have. But see, she ran into something that the founding fathers presently wanted to avoid, and that was people basically only going to population centers and ignoring the rest of the country which is kind of the way Hillary conducted her campaign, and she didn't go to Altoona, Pennsylvania. President Trump did, not only once, twice, but three different times he went to Altoona, Pennsylvania. And so she just ignored the place and went to Philly instead, and this is what she got. And it's precisely exactly what the Founding Fathers wanted her to get because they didn't want to sit there and make it out to be a situation where politicians just simply focused on one metropolitan area. So here's, uh, here's what the review says. Recently, it seems as though a growing chorus of progressive have begun to complain 
about how governing institutions distort the true will of the voters. Now, keep in mind, the Electoral College is not a distortion of the true will of the voters. It's precisely designed to reflect the true will of the voters in a fashion that doesn't favor one population center over another. So now it seems, interestingly enough, that the Democrats are the ones complaining about the Electoral College, where about three years ago you were hearing Republicans complain about it. So the bottom line is the complaints about the Electoral College really remain the purview of sore losers. That's what it's about. So it depends on who's losing as in terms yep. of who's going to complain uh, uh, about the Electoral College. So back in the day, it was the Republicans yep. because they lost in 2008 and 2012, and Romney and McCain and these guys are were notorious sore losers. And so they said, well, you were going to blame it on the Electoral College. Maybe there ought to be more of a reflection. Now, there is a I guess there is kind of an argument to be made that perhaps uh, in in one way, shape or form uh, that uh, maybe there should be adjustments. But I don't believe there should be any changes at all to the Electoral College. I don't believe they ought to start divvying the electoral uh, votes up based on population. Uh, I think the college is designed specifically perfectly by the founding fathers to avoid any kind of gamesmanship when it comes to our votes and when it comes to what we're doing. So I'm I'm more than happy to keep it that way. But I'll listen. Check out the article. I, 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 or we, can we put it yeah, on the we website. Can, Do we have we'll, a place? We'll we put, put it in the up? comment section. Okay, put it in the comment stays. section yeah. there. Uh, we'll send it over, and you can check, take a look at it. But keep in mind, it's coming from the National Review, which again <sighs> would would have rather had right. Hillary Clinton as our president than anybody in any way, shape, or form related to a real Republican. So we'll be back. If you have any questions or comments, we can hit you up on our Facebook page. It is live and in HD. Don't forget, now we are also on iTunes, where you can enjoy the podcast anytime you want. And don't forget, also, usually at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we're replaying the morning show for you up on the Facebook page as well.
Good morning this morning. Don't forget, Thursday is going to be our happy hour, and it's going to be right down here at the beautiful Gaslight Bar, and this is where our studio happens to be as well, and we're going to show you the studio. We're going to have it all set up the way it normally is set up in the morning here, and you come on down, and we basically are going to be having a tour, and it's going to be from 4 to 7. Where do people find the invite? So if they go to Facebook, under the events section of, of Jamie Allman, right here, whoever's streaming it, they can click on that events. And uh, I've also got it posted in the comments section as well. And all they have to do is just click that they're going. They can share it with their friends. Um, so it all lives on Facebook. They can register that they're going. So definitely register so that way we know how many people to expect. Yeah, that'd be great. And and we'll, what we'll do also is we'll um, make sure that we... Um, we put it up on the Facebook, like the, the oh, main yeah. Yeah. Facebook thing. Uh, and so come on down. And don't forget also the 8th and 9th of June uh, is going to be our big Doug Giles book signing and Radio Free Almond Barbecue. So make sure you do that. And if you're listening right now by iPhone, you can hop on over to the iTunes Music Store and you can subscribe to Radio Free Almond Podcast. Definitely subscribe to that. That way, like I said, just in case you miss a show or miss a part of a show, you can always listen to it. Dude, I gotta get a new phone now. Jamie needs a new phone. <laughs> well, you know, I I have had I, I've had a um, I, I I had the phone. It had a crack in it, and it was working for a while, and now it's just like searching now, and I, I can text some people. But I, 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 but I can't others. I want this on the record that I told you you needed a new phone like a month ago. Right. But you know what? The, <laughs> the problem is when you get a new phone, all my contacts no. are not in there. Yes, they are. We just have to transfer them over. How do you do that? It's, it's on the cloud, brother. I don't think it's on my cloud. <laughs> you have I a don't. cloud. You have a cloud. I know, but I don't think I put all my stuff on the cloud. There's ways cloud. you can back it up. They would, if you went to a store, they would they would make sure it was on the cloud to where they would be able to transfer it over. Yeah. Well, you know, see, see, I did make progress though. I did have my phone that then I got like like it was cracked, so I got a new phone. Okay. And then they said, "Well, just use this phone to trade in for the upgrade on the other phone." I never did that. It's still in the back seat of my car. Not shocking. I'm going to do that today. I think you should. That's what I'm doing today. A brand new phone. There's so much guys that J- that's why I tell him he's got to do this because there's so much. I try to show him that like, hey, look what you can do with the show, or look what you can do with comments, and he can't do it because your phone is. I know, man. I know. I'm just. I'm just behind. What are the comments on the Facebook? By the way, we are rocking with the stream today, man. That's going rocking. great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, gosh, it's so cool just to see where everybody's listening from. We have people in Nashville, Tucson, Kansas City, Canada, all over the place. I, that's one of my favorite things. Tasha Rain. You know who Tasha Rain is? You better not. Why? By the way, if you know who Tasha Rain is, you're in trouble. Why? Because she's a porn actress. Oh, okay. Well, that is why I would not know who she was. I wasn't trying to trick you. I yeah, I was like, is this some kind of... Oh, yeah, Tasha Rain. Of course, I know her from... <laughs> from that movie. Is she the one that's teamed up with, like, or is upset with Stormy Daniels? Is yes, that... yeah, because Tasha Rain is yeah. alleging that she was groped and harassed on a porn... Uh, site like a like a porn film set, uh, that Stormy Daniels in a movie Stormy Daniels was directing, and that Daniels ultimately sided with the abuser on this thing. I don't like this. I don't like any aspect of this whole story, but it's worthy to kind of discuss this because Stormy Daniels is portraying herself as some kind of victim and that kind of thing, and so. That's what's kind of going on here. And so I do think sometimes when you have a different kind of um, when you have a different kind of point of view that might even out and balance the story out a little bit, it's worthy of, uh, of having. So on the morning of April 17th, Stormy Daniels made a hotly anticipated appearance on the view. And so Avenetti was there, and she defended her decision to speak out against President Trump and his attorney, Michael Cohen. During the interview, Daniels claimed that shortly after she first told her story to In Touch magazine, a man approached her in a parking lot, threatened her life, urged her to leave Trump alone, forget the story, and then they released this composite sketch of the parking lot assailant. Which, by the way, I saw the composite sketch, and it looked like every other composite sketch I've ever seen of anybody. (laughs) Did he have a mustache? Kind of, yeah. Because they love painting the mustache on those. Composite sketches sometimes do work, I guess, but they never look like anybody real. No. Wasn't the famous composite sketch the Unabomber? Yeah. 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 No, the hood and the sunglasses. And, you know, what? we still don't even know whether or not he actually did wear that when he was unibombing. (laughs) When he was. (laughs) Hey, really quick. Can I just tell you all this? I just love this. So we have people, Michigan, Florissant, Tampa, Hilton Head Island, New York City. Eric's listening in Lima, so that means he's in his practice. That's the booty. Uh, Springfield, Illinois, Troy, Illinois, Litchfield, Illinois. Isn't that cool? It's awesome, man. All our people, are with, a lot of those people are, are people, well, Hilton Head, they're probably vacationing. Yeah. But in New York City, there's somebody listening to our show, and they're making, they're closing a deal is what they're doing. I'd hope. They're closing a sale. Yeah. Right? So they can buy more Radio Free Almond Hats. <laughs> so they release this composite sketch, and... Daniels explained that she didn't uh, go to the authorities seven years ago because she feared for her safety and she was a brand new mother and didn't want her husband at the time to learn about the Trump tryst, all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, Tasha Rain was 
watching the television show. And she was like, um, that's not anything related to what my experience was with Stormy Daniels. And so Rain is speaking with the, with the t- Daily Beast. Tasha Rain, by the way, don't normally like porn stars have yeah, like, other, na- like more exotic yeah. names. That's a thing. Well, Actually, it's, 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 but Rain is R E I G N. Stormy and Stormy Daniels is kind of like that. Sounds like one of the names, like on the, uh, on the, um, like the 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 satellite country station. I was just gonna I'm say sto- that I'm yeah. Stormy Reed and yeah. Mel Tillis back in 1975 <laughs> recorded this gem. Isn't it funny when people come out and they do this kind of stuff like Stormy Daniels did? How oftentimes the tables turn on these individuals, and then all of a sudden people come out. You know what I mean? This is it often invites unwanted attention, and now all of a sudden skeletons in their closet are now coming out, and it's it's really not a, an environment you want to put yourself right, in. Right. Where did the term skeletons in the closet come I... from? Was there ever really actually a skeleton in somebody's closet? Now you're gonna make me look it up. Because because I'm wondering like when did that like what like was like and by and by the way, when if you if you have skeletons in your closet, like who first had a skeleton in their closet? Boom. Skeleton in the closet or skeleton in the cupboard, there's apparently another, is a colloquial colloquial phrase, an idiom used to describe an undisclosed undisclosed fact yeah, I about get someone. That. Right. There's like a whole there's like a whole deal with it. Like, it, but why it, wouldn't people say like skeleton in their trunk or <laughs> skeleton in the rocking chair in the attic, uh, like that happened in Psycho? The British English use cupboard instead of closet. Like they have the same. Yeah, I like that. But 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 still, it doesn't answer the question no. though. Uh, like who first had a ske- like how that term came about because and and why would there be a skeleton in a closet? Would that be an attempt to hide a body? And if you like were a murderer, why would you hide a skeleton? Hide a body in a closet? I have it. The phrase I was- knew if you read down a little ways on the Wikipedia page, you'd find <laughs> it eventually. The phrase was first used in the early eighteen hundreds. The first reference that was found in print was a figurative one by William Stowell in the UK Monthly, the Eclectic Review in 1816, called The Skeleton. Boom. Doesn't sound very. Doesn't sound very. I know it's really <laughs> interesting. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping there would be like some like. Yeah. I don't know. Because if you're if you really do want to hide a body, you don't put it in a in a closet, or a cupboard, or a cupboard. Man, I don't know. So anyway, Tasha Rain, she's in this interview, and and basically, once she defended Stormy Daniels for being like a hero, because Tasha Rain is a liberal, she says, "Well, it's tricky, but I I don't even like Stormy at all, and mainly because." I was sexually assaulted by one of her crew members on one of her directorial uh, forays in, in, a, in a porn movie. 
he groped and grabbed me from behind, which actually kind of sounds like a porn movie, but I guess that was assault. Yeah. I spoke up immediately because I was in the moment and was so proud of myself. She was the director that day. I went straight to her, straight to the man that did it. We had a conversation about it. Then I went to the owner of Wicked Pictures. Sounds like a lovely organization. I did all the right things, and she did not handle the situation appropriately, respectfully, professionally. So it's a little bit outrageous when I hear her say things about how she's standing up for women, wants to be a voice for other women to be able to come forward. When I was assaulted on her set, and she didn't give me any care, attention, or anything of the sort. I'll be honest with you. I have less sympathy. I know this is probably bad. I'm probably going to get judged for this. But I have less sympathy for those kind of things when you put yourself in environments in which there is definitely a higher likelihood. Of, of being groped and felt up from behind? Yeah. yeah. On a porn set? Yeah. Usually that, that's kind of what happens on a porn set. But although there's a weird thing now apparently in the industry where they're, 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 they be, they're more violent. Like, they're, 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 people are kind of really abusive. and not, not that porn by itself isn't itself abusive, which I think it is, because it's exploitive and abusive. Yes. So, so I'm not saying that there's any... Like, but there are levels of abuse, and apparently they, it's, it's pretty hardcore, you know what I'm saying? I was watching this with uh, Laura Ingram. By the way, Bill Riley might be back. Really? Yeah. What network? I didn't. I didn't purposely go from porn to Bill yeah, O'Reilly. Like, where, the transition was great, though. <laughs> what, what did he? What did he? What did he use in that shower? What do you call that? A falafel? Uh, falafel? Uh, no, a falafel or, uh, is no, food. No, that's a yeah. It was a uh, kerfuffle. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was such a weird. Somebody's gonna tell us on Facebook. Oh, no doubt. What is it? It's a, it wasn't a falafel. It was something else. It's okay. something that whatever. I, that's you know. Do we need to really get into weird shower things that people have? Because it's apparently it's it's a um, somebody's got to point it out. What is it? What was it that Bill O'Reilly was said to have talked about? Talked about with another woman. Yeah. And what he wanted to do in a shower. It's like, what is wrong with Who these guys? Who has time for all of this stuff? Like, I, I, these guys are busier than we are, has to be. You know what I'm going to do to you? He was like, he was like <laughs> leaving these messages. You know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to take a cloth, glove-like shower falafel, and I'm going to rub it on your back. Says a loofah. A loofah. Says a loofah. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna take this spongy ass thing in my shower, and I'm going to rub it all over you. <laughs> it's like, is that? Oh, I, but women must be like oh, totally turned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Bill, say more. Then I'm gonna take that little sliver of soap that's in the dish, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean. Where's you know, show gone? <laughs> I just imagine these guys. I just, I, it, that's the one thing I just do not understand I don't about this society. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, necessarily, um, 
Well, I, 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 all I'm seeing is, uh, like, how these guys wind up in bathrobes, running around. I mean, how they, find, how they think that this kind of stuff is in any way romantic or attractive to women is beyond me. What's well, the Weinstein, the Weinsteins, the... Uh... Well, it was uh, with Fox, the president of Fox. How do you like my big, fat stomach sticking out of my <laughs> Ritz-Carlton bathrobe? I'm like, what? You know, they're not good-looking guys. It's not like you've got, you know, the Matthew McConaughey's of the world yeah. doing this. Oops, my towel just dropped <laughs> off. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, 300 pounds. What do you think about my big, fat stomach hanging over there? What do you think? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they ruined their whole career over these things. Can you see my gold chain in the middle of my chest here? How do you like that? It's like, what are people thinking? Anyway, I was watching this with Sean Hannity and, and Laura Ingram, and people keep were comparing the Laura Ingram situation to my situation. Because it all involved David Hogg, sure. you know. And I was explaining to somebody, like, I didn't even, I didn't even tweet the guy. Like, I, didn't, I never even put his Twitter handle on my tweet. I just mentioned his right. name as a, as a, a, in, in a conversation where I was jokingly referring to what I was going to do the next day that I actually really didn't do because I defended him in this whole rundown of the thing. There's tapes of this stuff. That I can't, I don't have access to, but I will, I guess, if, if it gets that, to that point. But I didn't tweet the guy, and, 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 uh, and, and I had advertisers who were stepping forward and wanted to double down in support of me. I didn't have advertisers leaving. I, well, I, had, I, I explained this already. You guys know the story. I had one that was like the Gelman team, and Mark Gelman told me it was because he was getting pressure from the Jewish community or something like that. I didn't understand that. Is David at all. Hogg Jewish? And no, it was, but but it was the the Newman that whole area there. And so the uh, so, but then on Monday before Intercom did whatever they're calling it, the Gelman team wanted to come back. I have a text message from my. Guy, which is why I'm holding on to my phone because all that stuff's on there. I already downloaded it, but I'm just saying. So, uh, saying, yeah, they're, they, they're, they're, they, they think they kind of jumped the gun, but they're, they're thinking about coming back. And at that time, I was thinking, well, I don't think I want them back. <laughs> yeah, you had other real estate yeah, I was agents. Gonna go, I was going to, yeah, they were, they were pounding on my door. Yeah. I was like going to go to, I was going to have Tracy Ellis or someone in there step in or whatever, yeah. but, I, but I didn't have any use for people who didn't have any guts so i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna go with the gelman team again i was gonna have them i was actually considering telling them to pound sand we had a lot of surrender uh, not a lot but there was some surrender monkeys well and i'll I'll tell you explicitly again though then we had one woman joan berkman who i also was part who was part of the pressure on the on the gelman team as well who ran two accounts it was ruth's chris steakhouse and Palm. And Ruth's Chris, they're a national company. Right. And, they, and, and, and all the people who can't afford to go there were apparently telling them they were never going to go there again. <laughs> people like Charles Jaco, who's too busy. He spends all his money on cigarettes and, and heart surgeries. 
And so he wasn't he wasn't going to go to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. He can, wouldn't set foot in there. They'd probably call the police if they saw that <laughs> haggard old man wander in. It's trespassing. But anyway, so Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, which by the way was a was a a trade deal. So I have I have a bunch of gift certificates. That's how I got paid by Ruth's Chris in gift certificates, right? And so they bailed, which it was that's fine. They they were they're a national company and they freaked out and whatever. And then Palm, they were pulled off, and I was basically I'm a member there, I know the people there, and I'm friends with all the people there. And Berkman decided on her own to end the Palm thing, and the Palm people are like going, "Why are you doing this? What are you dragging us into this for?" Right. So Palm didn't even want to go. They didn't want to get involved in anything. They were they were more than happy to stay with me, want to do whatever. And then and and they weren't even going to go, but she, she unilaterally made that decision. So if you want to boil down the advertisers who were leaving, there's one that wanted to come back, one that was basically paying me in gift certificates, and another one who left and didn't want to. So if you call that a hemorrhaging of advertisers, you're just simply out of your mind. And now a lot, the other of these, hand, a lot of these people want to come. They still want to be with you right, right now. Yes. Today. Right. But, but they can't because I'm forbidden in my contract from soliciting old advertisers. So, and, I, and I want to abide by the contract. They've contacted me. Definitely. But I'm telling them, hey, I got to wait till anything legal is, I can't have you on with me right now because I'd be violating my contract. So uh, while we are suing Intercom and MS for a variety of breaches, I have not done, done any breaches. And, I, and I'm going to maintain that until we figure it out. So they all wanted, they all want to come back. But, 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 the, but then, then conversely, what you saw was multitudes of, of advertisers supporting me. Yeah. Wanting a couple of them wanting me to be able to speak publicly about it, but I was forbidden from speaking publicly about it. And then a couple others saying, We're doubling our ad buys in support of you. Doubling our ad buys. Yeah. Michael's Flooring Outlet was one of them. Proctor Drapery was another one who said, We're doubling our ad buys in support of Jamie. One advertiser sent a letter to the company and said, we are not going to stay with you. If he, if something happens to him, we're done, we're done. And another one did the same thing. Yeah. So, so it was the opposite direction of even where Laura Ingram was going. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, oh, she, yeah. she lost tons more advertisers than I did. And she tweeted David Hogg, which is something I didn't even do. And she's back on air. Yeah, she's back on air. More popular than ever. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, here. But, you know, here's the deal, though. And I was explaining this to actually some friends at Palm the other day. And I said, you know, it's interesting that, that, that this happened because in a lot of ways, it's, it's like starting a new business, yeah. which I really, I really li- I like this idea of, of having to build something from the ground up again. Because I can do it because I've done it before. And 
now that I think about it, and I, I compared it, I, I, when I talked to people at Palm, I actually said, it's kind of like when I think in hindsight about this, I th it's kind of like if I were going from the YMCA to Palm. <laughs> because now when I think about the old place, I'm thinking, man, that was like, that's like the 1970s compared to what we're doing right now. And uh, how about a much bigger audience? Yeah. See, people think that this was haters. They, oh, what a down... Like, you realize there's more watching and listening now than by far before. Yeah. But, 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 uh, but at the same time, though, I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I wouldn't even... Even if I were... Even if I were able to go back there, I wouldn't. And people are saying on Facebook, they're like, so they broke the contract, but you have to honor it, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like for instance, right now, my, my contract forbids me from working at another radio station. <laughs> so, so, so they apparently didn't want me, but they don't want me to work. They don't want me at a radio station. Right. And and this is not a radio station, right? This is this is this is a stream and on Facebook, so it's not a radio station. So I'm not competing with them right now in terms of being at another radio station, and they don't want me to. They don't want me to work at another radio station. They don't want me to be able to use advertisers that want to work with me, that are begging to be. Supporters of Radio Free Almond, yes. but I'm forbidden from contacting them. They, they've contacted me, but I'm forbidden from making a deal with them, and I'm not, I'm not going to do it because I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm right now suing them for breach of my contract, and I'm not going to uh, do the same. And I will add that they are constant listeners of the Radio Free Almond network. I will just add. Well, they ought to because they, they, they maybe learned something. <laughs> They're not listening to learn. But, but the other thing, too, is, you know, what's odd about this is they, they ultimately then, uh, there are other people who apparently are also reading my contract to the advertisers and threatening them and telling them they can't, yeah. they can't contact me. On top of that, you realize this. You know, this fires me up. This this severance thing that they offered me, right? Yeah. Which I told him to stuff. Do you realize this is this is how insulting these people are? They offered the severance package, right? And then, but but it was six months of pay. And I'm like, first of all, but but I had to lie to people. So six months of pay in exchange for me lying to people that we mutually parted ways. And, and, and I wasn't going to do that. I just it wasn't something I was going to do. So that whole thing happened. And and then, but but listen to this: six months of pay and a like a three month non compete. But if I were to get a job after three months, the six months of pay would end. So it would end at three yeah. months. That's how that's how insulting these people are. And they're running a media company in St. Louis here. Lots. This is getting a lot of. 
comments on Facebook. So somebody says, can private individuals help financially support Radio Free Almond? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, well, people, well, well, you can buy your whatever you gear RFA or whatever gear. it is. Uh, but we, I mean, we could use other advertisers yeah. out there. I mean, we, we can use people who previously didn't advertise. And that's what we're doing right, right. now. And I'm not worried. I'm not worried about this. Is we're just building a brand here yeah. and doing that kind of thing. So we can use advertisers that aren't really... Uh, weren't previously weren't previous associated. associated with 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 uh, ninety seven one right, uh, and there are plenty of them out there who have expressed interest in in being with us, and and that's cool, uh, and and I'm I'm more than happy to do that, uh, but but really my our, my focus is right now, and we'll get to the the monetization all that kind of stuff. My focus right now is continuing on with what you guys yeah. have wanted, which is uh, entertainment, information, a good vibe, happy. Strong, conservative, ready to go, you know. And and you've certainly done that, Jamie. I mean, because like I said, I'm I'm watching the numbers. Luckily, numbers paint the picture. And the number and that's why I know you say I don't want to bore people with numbers, but the numbers are important because not only have you attracted tons of new audience, which I've seen the comments, people who have never heard you before are now listening to you now. They weren't listening to you at, at Dinosaur Radio. And everybody came over to support you. They're, they listen to you from 6A to 9A yeah, man. every yeah. morning. And, and people are saying, um, why don't the advertisers leave the dinosaur radio where you once were? A lot have. Yeah, they have. But they, they but, they, but they can't come to me. Right. That's, so, like, you're, the, you guys watching or listening, you're only seeing half, half of this play out right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and some of them are people who I actually personally use. Like, for instance, my financial guy and my insurance guy, even though I'm client of theirs, I still can't have them support my show. And even the comments, Lynette says, I'm a newbie. So, like, Lynette has never never previously, li- but she's listening now. Yeah. So she, she, she hasn't listened to the old stuff. So I'm not stealing anything from them. No, he's, <laughs> you know. That's oh, just crazy. But anyway. People do care. I will say people do care because they, they come and they're like, we care about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's a big deal because there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on this summer that really ultimately you, 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 you have to at some point make a stand. I mean, you, you have to fight back. And, and unfortunately, what they thought I was going to do was just walk away, take my money, walk away throw my advertisers and my people under the bus for a measly six months of pay. That's how disgusting these people are. I mean, you know. I mean, but, 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 that's, that's, that, but that's what happens all over the media because everybody is so scared, and they're always, you know. I got, I got a phone call from one of the guys uh, uh, from one of the companies, the, the old company, Emmis, and he calls me, uh, because he knows that they're kind of, this is, this is not working out. He's like, you know, if I were you, I would just go ahead and take the money. You don't want to be a, radio jobs are hard to find. You don't want to be a. Basically trying to blackball you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be a toxic brand. You, yeah, I would, if I were you, I'd go ahead and. That's threatening. Take that money and, and then you won't have to worry about it. And it just would be easy for you. Then you could move on and. Do all that kind of thing because they don't want it. They don't want any of this tied up, you know, because they're going after their. They're, they're they're still trying to get. They're still not the transaction between Emmis and Entercom still has not been approved. 
And understand that's an FCC transaction because when you broadcast over radio airwaves, FCC is involved in every single thing you do. Right. And in order for those transactions to take place, the FCC has to grant and approve those transactions. And the transaction has not taken place. It's been temporarily approved, but it still has not been officially approved. So it's still not. And, and, you know, and by the way, we're not regulated by the FCC here, uh, but, and people are going, well, if you're on, if you're on this, can you cuss? I'm going, yeah, <laughs> we go. uh, but, but why would I do that? People, I didn't cuss when I was on Almond in the morning. Why would I come on to here and start cussing, you know, <laughs> you just, just because I can. tirade. You know, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I, I actually would, I, in front of a microphone, I don't care where you are. In front of a microphone, you really either have to have never been on the radio before or whatever, because it's really hard for me to say a bad word, yeah. a cuss word, first of all, on a, in front of a microphone. I'm so trained like not to do that that I, I still couldn't do it even if I kind of tried uh, tried i had 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 free free airtime and here. we don't have a like at radio stations there's a dump button it usually sets on about an eight second delay right, right. we have no dump button we don't need a time no and, and, and for instance people listen to us when they have kids in the car and stuff like that i'm not gonna no. i mean I, i'm all we're already sometimes a little bit racy with 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 just the topic sometimes yeah. can be a little bit rough but i wouldn't just go on here and start doing a blues because that's not what you tune in for I will just say, I know we got to move on, but um, a lot of people are relating what happened with you in some ways to the Howard Stern when he left terrestrial radio. Yeah. Um, They're painting that correlation uh, between the two uh, and where he's at now compared to where he would have been had he has stuck in terrestrial radio. Yeah. There's a reason why he is where he is. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I even if I, I don't even, it's only been a month since I've been gone, but it feels like I was, I, I, I just, I, I, it just, it, it's as I told the people at Palm, it's like it's like the YMCA coming to the YMCA to Palm. That's how I feel coming from there to here. It's kind of, like, it's kind of crazy, kind of crazy. But anyway, I, I was beginning to get to you with the Sean Hannity. Um, I don't know why Hannity's saying they lost three quarters of Fox primetime, but this is Hannity and, and Laura Ingram talking with each other about um, about the um, their ratings and stuff like that. Hold on, hold on. Um, let me just tune. Uh, I got to skip to the uh, skip to. We still thing. have music playing in the background. I yeah, think you do. like that. I actually do kind of like that. I wonder, what do people think about that? Here, hold on. <laughs> My ratings are high, too, you know. Uh, yeah. We're number one in cable right now, and you're killing it, and I'm happy and proud of you. Jeez. Hannity, first of all, what? your show tonight was awesome. How? Uh, first of all, I, I can watch Sarah nice Carter. It, it ruins our reputations. No, no, I can watch Sarah Carter, John Solomon, you know, uh, Bongino. I could watch them for the whole night, okay? Those guys are just <laughs> like energy facts data that the old media don't want to uh, publish. Laura, I said at stuff. the beginning I needed four hours tonight. I, <laughs> there's so much news. But the great news is you now are killing it. And I said this to you last week. We're really proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you know you. what? We can't do this without this audience. And, Absolutely. And thank God, you know, we lost three quarters of Fox primetime. And we're still 
an alarm, killing it were number one, thank God, to this audience, and I wow. mean that. Yeah, so there's Laura Ingram, and her ratings have just absolutely exponentially yep. increased. And that's what happens when you have a company that has some balls and sticks around and supports you. And that's, that's they stood, and, and Fox News stood by Laura Ingram on, on this matter. And, she, and hell, she directly tweeted David Hogg, which is something I didn't even do. I, and, and, and directly tweeted him with a, with, a, with a mockery of whatever he was doing. And again, I defended her when she did that, too. It's kind of like, all right, you're just kidding around with a kid. He's out there exposing himself to a yep. certain degree. And so I get it. Uh, but, but nonetheless, I even defended him in the whole thing saying, hey, he's got a 4.2. I wouldn't shake a stick at that at yeah, all. I'm being a 2.6er. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, 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 but I didn't even, and then, then I used a, a basically a, a euphemism, a colloquialism that wasn't even anything related to that. So they say, well, Laura apologized. So she stayed with, did, and people say, so did you ever apologize? What am I apologizing for? You know what I mean? I mean, like, like what, what is I it do. that what what is it that what exactly is it that I'm apologizing for when I didn't didn't direct if if I had tweeted David Hogg and said, "Hey, David Hogg, I'm going to stick a red hot poker up your," but of course I would apologize to him. But but the but you have to you have to understand the the context of that tweet, which was first of all in a conversation, right? Right. And it was it was taking place in a conversation with a bunch of other people, and I was I was uh, the next day going to break down a piece of tape that was a David Hogg documentary of some sort, where the adults were cussing at him, or in in a conversation with him, and he started cussing up a blue streak. Right. And I explained the next day that. When young people are among adults who are talking, they sometimes will adopt their talking uh, styles. And so I defended David Hogg about that. So I was being facetious about what I was going to be doing the next day, and somebody was talking about how we're this and we're abusive and we're doing it. And that's why I said the red hot poker thing is a is 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 a. Uh, a euphemism. It's, yeah. it's a it's a colloquialism. It's it's about which when you rake somebody over the coals or do whatever, yeah. that's what it's doing. So so what is it exactly? What is it exactly that I would apologize for? Apologize for what? Offending somebody? David Hogg wasn't a, wasn't bothered by it. Now 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 keep in mind, Laura Ingram apologized to David Hogg because he tweeted her and complained about what she said about him. Right. And, and David Hogg was asked specifically about my tweet and said, I wish that they would have focused on something else. And I'm talking about the Newman people. So it wasn't even like, hey, you threatened to... Because here's the other thing, and this is why ultimately when we get to the defamation process, which involves the newspapers and other individuals, why we're going to discuss, first of all, the, the, the lack of truth about... I didn't threaten David Hogg. This was not a this was not a threat because in order for me to have threatened David Hogg, first of all, I would have had to direct my conversation to him, which right. I didn't do. Tweet him, which I didn't do. I would have have to have reasonable access to him to a certain degree, and also a reasonable access to a hot poker. 
which generally people don't necessarily have. Like now, if, if somebody had come on and said, tomorrow I'm going to shoot so-and-so, that's a threat. Right. Yep. I mean, that, that's, that's a threat because clearly, you know, that, that's something. Uh, so, so even if you indirectly were saying that, but keep in mind, when you're utilizing a colloquialism to describe an activity you're doing the next day, which is basically taking somebody to task and giving them the hot poker right. treatment, which is t- typically a, a thing I've used time and time again on the radio when I talk about giving people a hot poker treatment. So whether it be a politician or whatever, because that's what it is. It's a colloquialism. So in other words, you, you would have, A, never have, never have had to hear in any way, shape, or form about that colloquialism, and also reasonably expect that I had that I actually had a hot poker in my possession or access to a hot poker. It's pretty sad if we live in a society now where you have to think about every phraseology that you use for fear of retribution. Like, you know, somebody in a, in a business setting saying, I'm going to go into this meeting, I'm going to blow this meeting up. Now, what they're talking about is, of course, them going in and laying into people and they're going to make a big deal out of this meeting and now all of a sudden it's turned into this guy losing his job because that was a, some kind of a threat of, of, of bodily harm. Are we really there? I'm going to fire you. <gasps> he just threatened to yep. light him on fire yeah. or put him in a fire. It's like, no, uh, firing is a, is a terminology. And the hot poker is the same one. So I'm, again, I'm asking, who am, I, who am I, if I'm apologizing, who am I apologizing to? I mean, like, like, for instance, if I threatened David Hogg, I would apologize to him. But I didn't threaten David Hogg, so who exactly am I apologizing to? Am I apologizing to someone who mistakenly and erroneously and in, in a, in falsely declared that I was threatening to sexually assault him? Which is, which is what the newspapers, by the way, said I was doing. I, I won the RFT, which is going to pay dearly for this, said that I threatened to sodomize David Hogg. That's what I'm saying, though. We well, live- which, by the way, is absolutely false and is something that they made up and printed. Now, basically what they did whether it be the RFT or the Washington Post or the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, basically what they did is they, they printed something about me that they knew was a falsehood. Right. Because the RFT knew that I did not threaten to sodomize David Hogg. The, 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 the Washington Post knew that I did not threaten to sexually assault David Hogg. They knew that, or let's put it this way, they had zero proof of that in terms of, of, of any, any directed commentary right. or the hot poke of that is thing is, is not a, a – it's a euphemism. It's a colloquialism. It's not a real thing. So, so oh. they, they printed this knowing that that is not what I was doing, but they printed it anyway. And even if they – but they didn't know for a fact that that's what I was doing, but they put it up there factually that I did. Well, and I, I, I hear, cause I really keep my ear on, uh, comments that people make, you know, to the show and, and stuff like that. And, 
and I will say there is a growing trend. These kind of situations that happen to you is an attempt to silence everyone. And, I, and, I, and, I, and here's what I mean by that. If they can strike enough fear in people to keep their mouths shut, scared to say anything wrong because of fear of losing your job. We have police officers losing their job because they'll post something on Facebook and then they lose their job because the police department lets them go. If they could create enough fear in the conservative movement to stay quiet, they will have won. So you were an example of that. And, and, and I see people post all the time where they're like, I'd love to say something, but gosh, I can't. That, now, the, the other side, the liberal side, they have no problem. There is no, there's no fear there for them to be able to talk about whatever they want to talk about, whether it's abortion or whatever it may be. They can speak. As, and in fact, they will speak louder if, they're, if, they're, if, if somebody comes out against them. But heaven forbid a conservative speak their mind, it could cost them their job. Yeah. I mean, and in the end, what happens is that, that if, if these individuals get their way, then they have, then they have, they're going to keep doing it. So, oh, so, so what I'm doing right now in terms of fighting back, not only fighting back in terms of what the company pulled there, but also fighting back in terms of what certain other entities did regarding my advertisers, and in fighting back to newspapers who will print something that they do not know to be true and will ultimately actually accuse you of a crime. Threatening to sexual assault somebody is a crime. Yeah. And, and they accused me of a felony in their newspapers and in, in their thing, which they knew, or at least let's put it this way, they did not know to be factual, but they put it up there anyway. And, and, the, and the worst part about it is uh, they, they made another mistake, and that is they changed it. Admission to guilt. Right. Because you notice the Post-Dispatch, uh, like Holloman told me, uh, that, 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 when he wrote his article about my lawsuit, you notice that he said that Allman criticized David Hall. Yes. Smart. And I asked him, I said, I texted him. I said, what, how did, where did that, how did that language, because I actually didn't even, I, that's not even accurate, but I didn't even, I didn't criticize David Hall. That's why I keep asking, like if somebody, like very few people have brought up the apology thing, but I'm trying to figure out like, who am I apologizing to? Again, David Hogg, who didn't care about what I said and knew exactly what I was saying and everything else, or to his mother, like who was offended, or I, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, what am I? Who am I apologizing to? Like, what? Like, I've said worse things on the air about things and, and people, or whatever. I mean, you know, these people um, think you should apologize merely for having a conservative viewpoint. That that alone. Is the shame, and, and you know what's c crazy about this whole thing is that's not that what I said wasn't even a conservative viewpoint no. necessarily. It was it was I was teasing about what I was going to do the next day, which actually was the exact opposite of what I did the next day. Mm. So so I mean it, it was it was not even it was it, it it was I was playing off this insinuation somehow that we just do stuff and hard on people whatever, and that was the very night before I was going to present this tape of David Hogg cussing and was going to defend him. But, and that's all on tape. That's all on tape.
In fact, they made me compile to save my job, I guess. They made me compile proof that I actually spoke positively about David Hogg more than I ever spoke negatively about him. And I came up with multiple pieces of tape that currently are in the possession of the radio station that clearly hasn't been released. Uh, Multiple examples of me talking positively about David Hogg. Like, like, like I, I, and, and I never even tweeted anything about him before that one time where I mentioned his name, never tweeted him. And, and, and when I did talk about him, it was never in a negative way. I mean, I disputed his view on guns and that's, that's okay. I mean, that's perfectly okay, but I never talked about him on, on a, on a personal level or whatever. And, and that's where, that's why we have to ultimately, uh, when we do get, get, a, get to, to fight this, we have to make sure that people uh, just simply, and, and the reason ultimately why they wanted me gone was had nothing to do with David Hogg and everything to do with my support of a certain candidate in the Parkway District and being very vocal in my support of her because she's a friend of mine, Jeannie Ames is. And that's what really this was all about. This is all about Parkway. And nothing about David Hogg at all. Yeah. They didn't care about David Hogg. So that that's and, and he knew that, which is why he didn't make a big stink about this whole thing. But he he knew that, which is why he didn't he didn't say anything about it because he knew these people really had no interest in his well being at all. And that's and, and 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 like Stacey Newman and those guys, they had no real interest in 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 this in any way, shape, or form. So. You did wander off of that from uh, – you never described <laughs> where Bill O'Reilly was going. You said he was coming back. Oh, I also need to – I need to, I need to uh, <laughs> double back with Joe Holloman. I, no, I think, I think O'Reilly's going to um, – I think he was going to – he was maybe going to uh, one of the other channels, internet channels or whatever. Oh, really? But back to Holloman. So Holloman so – I, so, I, so, I, so they use the term criticizing yeah, uh, David, David Hogg. And so I texted Holloman. I said, where did – I, I thank you for not saying I threatened to sexually assault him. And he said, I know. I went back to my editors and told them to stop using that terminology. That's all on that's all on a message from him. I wonder so so okay. And and, and the post and the Washington Post printed that headline, and then within probably about five or ten minutes, they changed the headline. Because they knew what they did was wrong. They knew what they were describing was a falsehood. And they knew that they put me maliciously into a category that was completely false. So why is it that the Post-Dispatch now says that I was criticizing David, David Hogg when two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, they were saying I threatened to sexually assault him? Which one is it? Well, it's the one that once they wised up, they were like, this is probably going to land us in hot water. Yeah. That's, see, that's the problem with a lot of these individuals, which, which still, for whatever reason, stymies me. Is that on down the line, none of these people seemingly consulted an attorney <laughs> before they took the actions that they did. And the reason why they didn't is because 
they were living in an atmosphere that has been permissive in terms of allowing them to abuse people. Specifically so, conservative well, voices. Right. And, and so, so you can take Entercom, Stacey Newman, and the Washington Post and throw them into one category. And these were people who were emboldened by the, the, the circumstances we're living in today and figured that they could just do whatever they wanted to do and nobody would fight back. They, they, they figured that the person they were targeting would just simply go away like everybody else does. But the problem with that is that you did this to Jamie Allman, and I'm going to be a pain in your ass for at least the next half a year. And you will remember me after all this. I'm talking about these individuals. So, so I'm, I, I was the wrong person for you to assume that I was just going to wander away like all these other cowards do and just, and just hope for the best and take my severance and wander away and be this disgrace this and disgrace that. You absolutely miscalculated. But worse than that, you didn't consult an attorney. And, and, and when you did... You know what your attorney said? Change the headline. You know what your attorney said? I wouldn't say anything more about Jamie Allman on your Twitter feed, Stacey Newman. Entercom, you realize you don't really have Jamie's contract, right? That you're actually not his boss. Is that, you know that, right? And see, Entercom, and, and I can say this because we have the lawsuit out there right now. Yeah. The one thing people don't realize is that Emmis was the one that controlled my contract, not Intercom. Because the company was still owned. You were under contract with Emmis, not Intercom. Right. Because according to their agreement that they had before FCC approval, it's called an L- LN- LNA or LMA or whatever it is, uh, that the transference of, of, the, of the ownership – it, during that process, Emmis still maintained control over the employees. The town. Not Intercom. Yeah. I, my contract was still technically with Emmis, not with Intercom. And on down the line, Intercom, 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 even when they, when they gave me that, that little severance thing, it said Intercom Missouri LLC, which at that time was not a registered company. They were actually violating the law when they put that on there. But you know what? They didn't talk to an attorney. You know why? Because they figured that all I wanted to do was make this go away. All I wanted to do was, was take six months of severance, yeah. lie to my people, and wander away. So they didn't care about those little details. They didn't consult anybody. They didn't talk to anybody because they were in this fever. And, 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 and normally people get through this fever because the target of their fever wanders away with his tail between his legs. Yeah, because the pressure mounts too much. Well, I mean, and that's why I think so many on here draw a a correlation between you and Greitens. And not to say that I, I understand they're two completely different kind of circumstances. They are and they aren't. They were, you guys were both a part of, of the machine to silence and remove a conservative voice, if you will. 
And I think where this has gotten so passionate is people now see with Greitens, it was it was it was a hit job on oh, the yeah, left, yeah, right? Yeah. And 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 he has won. He is he has been victorious against them. Uh, and 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 I think that is a foreshadow. Well, and, 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 here's, your and, and, and here's what's so interesting about both these cases. The one thing I know, because of the circumstances, obviously are similar uh, in terms of who, why they're going after him right. and why they were going after me, because we were people who uh, were, were represented a threat to them. Correct. Uh, in terms of what they were doing and in terms of accountability and everything else, they were a threat to them. But you know what? The one thing I will say, and, and that's why Greitens, uh, the governor, that's why they need to make sure they stay in hot pursuit of the corrupt Kim Gardner. 100%. Do not let her just go away. You must firmly stick your teeth into her ankle and stay with it this whole time. I hope they do that. But the one thing that is, that is constant throughout this entire thing with the Greitens situation is no one cares about the woman not at all no one not even her ex-husband cares about her what he cared about was the fact that he was offended by the by the uh extramarital affair which i understand but he doesn't care about her no uh, uh, stacy newman didn't care about her when she hooked her up she cared about getting rid of governor governor greitens scott fawn and those Republican hillbillies down there in Jefferson City, they don't care about this woman. They don't, they don't care about – they care because Governor Greitens is going after these tax credits that they desperately want to hold on to. Sterling Bank, one of the major purveyors, users of these tax credits in terms of, uh, in terms of being able to sell and do all kinds of stuff, is one of the main supporters of Scott Fawn's television show. So, so, but, but keep in mind, none of these people give a rat's behind about this woman no. at all. And so she's being used by almost four or five different entities here. And if you don't think she knows that, she has to know that. Exactly. And, and, and also, by the way, none of these people, in my situation, none of these people care about David Hogg. No, that's the similarity between these two stories. Right. I mean, like, for instance, the people in the media and others, like the Post-Dispatch cared because I'd kick their ass every day. I would hold them out. I would expose them every single day, whether it be on TV or whether it be on the radio, whatever. I basically held them to account, uh, busted them out for their falsehoods and their lies and misrepresentations, and they despised me for that. Stacey Newman and these other people despised me because I was a conservative voice and, 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 and I was a gun rights supporter and I supported a candidate they didn't like in the Parkway School District. Right. But they didn't care about David Hogg. My company, Entercom, I know didn't care about David Hogg because they kept telling me that the only thing that would make a big difference is if Sinclair somehow did something. Which that, I that, don't that even was, understand that. Was that. Gonna, so so, so they, they, were, they were banking on this blowing over. They didn't care about that. If they really cared about David Hogg, the minute they found out about the tweet, they would have fired me. Right. But they didn't. 
So that's the problem. So, so the similarities are pretty clear in terms of the focus of both of these energies is, is, that, is that no one really, really does care about these people they're claiming they care about. And most of the people on Twitter and on Facebook yeah. who are criticizing me, they don't care about David Hogg either. No. No. I mean, you know, I mean, these are people like I think I think it's all about the children or all about this or all about that. I mean, these are people who support politicians who are just fine with vacuuming a baby out of a womb. Yeah. So 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 don't tell me that you care about kids or the well-being of kids or what have you. So don't don't tell me that 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 you who support that kind of activity really do care about kids. So I knew that off the bat. But so all these people, so really what this is about it, with Greitens, it's just about hating him because he came in, wanted to drain the swamp down there. He made liberals crazy because he was a Republican. He made the hillbilly Republicans down there crazy because it was no more business as usual down mm-hmm. there. And so they were after him. Now, did he make a mistake? Absolutely. He, he'll tell you that. Yeah. And, and, and did I make a mistake? Yeah, but but no different than any other. I mean, my goodness, the stuff I used to say on the air. I know you used to laugh. You were laughing about that in the beginning. You were like, "This is what was chosen." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I, like like for instance, I had a I had a um, I had a oh, I gotta get the Doug Giles eventually. <laughs> but I well, do I have the um, do I have the soundboard thing? Hold on, I want to play something for you real quick. Um, uh, Soundboard. Is that what it's called, buddy? Yeah, here. Okay, I got it. I got it here. Um, Here. Podcast soundboard. There it is. Thank you. (laughs) It's great radio. Sorry, I didn't mean to. It's really exciting radio. (laughs) Here, yeah. Hold on. Um, Where do I get the the main thing? Because I I don't see the... Right here. Let's see. There. All right. All right. So anyway, so... Sarah Palin, okay? I mean, I used to, I used to, I, I had, you know, Sarah Palin made this notorious speech that made Trump wince, right? Remember when she said, um, here, ass. when she said <laughs> ass, okay? I hope the kids are, don't mind. I'm just trying to be, I'm, I'm being expository here, so I have an excuse. So she used the term ass, right? Ass. <laughs> so what I did was, um, I did a number of different things on the radio where I asked my producers to edit in ass where there were other people saying things like so when so when Chris Matthews said I felt this thrill going up my leg to describe Obama I changed it to this I felt this thrill going up my ass (laughs) and then (laughs) which I thought was hilarious then um, there was one where where Hillary Clinton said I'm just a grandma with two eyes and a brain. So I put in, I'm just an ass with two eyes and a brain. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, that that's, and I've said that, you know, I did stuff like that on the air. I also had, I also had one where um, I had a little sounder that I thought was really hilarious, but would be offensive to anybody. And it was like, um, I hope I there's a little girl saying I hope that Mexican man is happy with daddy's job. Where did that come from? I don't know. It came from some documentary. I saw some joke place someplace or like the Onion or something. Yeah. But I play that all the time. I mean, but no, nobody was ever you know. A fa- I, I I played um, 
uh, I, I used to I used to take like for instance all the like Maxine Waters and the woman going the water was coming up the toilet and 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 all these people and I would describe them as like about a, like a, like five black sisters and they're all related to each other I mean you know I do things like that that never even pinned a meter on anybody because that's just kind of how I would talk and do whatever but no one ever complained about stuff like that this boils down to opportunity yeah it, yeah you yeah. know it was an opportunity and what that what's funny and this is how it often backfires it backfired on them with Greitens because Greitens now is going to be good to go I truly believe it will be and it's going to backfire them on on them with you because you are now louder than you ever were. See, this is, the, this is the irony of it all. The attempt to silence that backfires. And that is where I don't want conservatives to get to feel like we're losing this battle. We are not losing oh, no. this battle. Uh, no. Not even freaking well, close. No, because here's what happened. They, it's just in the same way they thought Trump was losing to Hillary Correct. Clinton uh, the whole time. Because all you have to do is look at the Facebook page, look at the people listening to the show, look at the people who are wearing Radio Free Almond gear, yep. all that kind of stuff, and and you can you can you can pretend on the outside that you have suffocated somebody, but the the reality is we're still here in huge numbers, and and it and not you can't do anything about it. That's the thing. And I think now I think there's some insinuation somehow that I'm uh, I'm falsely I'm I'm actually uh, I'm actually uh, let's see what would I, how do they describe it that I'm competing now with ninety seven one. You don't even want me to. I'm get like into I'm that. like that's interesting. Me little old me on Facebook is now now bothering you. You're a radio station, aren't you? Isn't that what you tell people? That you're the radio station, you have all these advertisers and stuff like that. Little old me on Facebook and the stream? I'm your competition now? If they saw the numbers. <laughs> well, I, but that doesn't matter, though, because, because technically I'm really, I mean, is that what you're going to say to the, to, the, to the people of St. Louis? Spending lots of money, advertisers spending lots of money on the station, and, and you're going to admit that a... I'm gonna I'm gonna discredit it for a second. A podcast, a three hour podcast, yeah, is competing. Maybe that's kind of a, maybe that's kind of your problem, not mine, isn't it? Now we don't have to pay people to listen to Radio Free Almond, by the way. <laughs> that fires me up, just so you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll let, I'll let it all boil out, boil out in court. I shouldn't talk about it now. I know. We'll let it, we'll let it all. Uh, deal with that. We'll get Doug Giles on the air here. By the way, folks, uh, this Thursday, I want to remind you. I'm sorry I spent so much. I, know, I, I told people I wasn't going to spend time talking about this, but I, I do think, do you think people are interested in this stuff? The comments went crazy, and it's, it's in support. They totally agree. They think it's an absolute rouge that what's happening. They think it was a hit job against you. They see the correlation between you and Greitens on this, and they agree this is a victory. Well, and, and so far, because you, you absolutely have to – it's not a victory until the people who were responsible are How they completely come. crushed. Yeah. 
So I so I'm I'm not so so the victory is for us temporarily is that we're still here we're still available but we but but our true victory will come when we crush these individuals once and for all and that's what's going to have to happen and I don't mean crush them as in like take a crusher and crush them because <laughs> now okay? you have to because you know he's threatening to to crush somebody hey listen this is Doug Giles good morning this morning Doug Giles how you doing man. Good, buddy. Hey, this is my cell phone, and I'm way out in the sticks, uh, and I have Sprint, and Sprint sucks. Oh. Um, okay. Well, call me on the other. Call me on the other number. Um, hold on a second. I don't think I have the other number, dude. I have your cell number. So, um, can you can, yes. can you text me the number? Because if you do it now, you're going to go over the air with your home <laughs> number. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it right now. All right, just text me your number. All right, hang up. Then that's fine. Uh, speaking of Doug, so we are we are attempting at this point right now, and, and this is how we're going to develop this. We are going to have a um, a Doug Giles book signing and barbecue, and uh, well, it's a Radio Free Almond barbecue, and it is a uh, and so what we're I'm sorry, I'm trying to focus on yeah. getting this text from him. If, if my if my I forgot to tell my phone doesn't work very well. We're gonna fix that today. I think I, I hope it works for him to, to be able to text me uh, back. Why don't you do me a favor, okay? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and call him I just will. in case he can't get? Because my phone is not working properly. We're gonna fix that. I know, but but I'm just telling you, my phone isn't working properly. So call him there, and then and you can maybe get, get him off back in the uh, back in the back, get him uh, off air to tell you that what the number is. Watching this on Facebook. Oh. So here's the deal. So we're planning on the 8th and the 9th of June. So on the 8th, what we're going to do, Doug's going to fly on in. We're going to fly him in here to St. Louis. And probably late afternoon, early evening, we're going to have a book signing. So he's going to, uh, we're going to get three of his books shipped to us. We're going to get Rules for Radical Christians, Pussification, and Raising Rowdy and Righteous Girls. And uh, those are three great books. And Doug's going to be in town. And Friday we'll do a little book signing. And then he'll do a little reading that we'll kind of record here at Gaslight Studios. And put that up on the Facebook or do it. We'll do something with it. And then Saturday we will have the Radio Free Almond Barbecue. And that's going to be great. That's the 9th of June. And so that's where we're going to wind it all out. We're going to have music. I think Nine Killer, I think Phil Valencia is going to be my DJ there. And he's a great guy and a fun guy. And then we'll have food and we'll have drink and we will have uh, – and right now we are looking for the venue. That's the only thing up in the air right now is we're looking for an actual place to go ahead and have the barbecue. If you have any ideas, feel free to go ahead and Facebook, message us, or do whatever. Uh, but this, this is going to happen on the 8th and the 9th. And just want you guys to know uh, we're kind of the venue is up in the air. So make sure that if you can to go ahead and, and mark your calendars for that. Meanwhile, speaking of your calendars, this Thursday we are going to have the first in a long line of Radio Free Almond Happy Hours. And that is going to be awesome because then you are going to be able to uh, see exactly what's going on as it relates to um, 
to this studio. You're going to be able to see the studio in all of its living living color. You're going to be able to see, uh, we're going to give you a tour. We're going to set it up pretty much this, the, the way it is now, but exactly the way it is now. And so we're going to have the happy hour out in the bar. And then we're going to give you tours of the uh, of the studio all at the same time. It's going to be a, a ton of fun, and it's going to be uh, the first of many happy hours here. And Gaslight's a great bar. It's right there on the hill. It's right off of uh, Kings Highway and 44. And that's it's easy for you guys to get to, even if you are in St. Charles or in, in God's country out there, uh, 270 uh, to 44, and you're on your way uh, right here at, at Kings Highway. And, and if you're coming across the river, it's easy to get to, and it's a great place, and that's where we're going to have the first happy hour. So we're working out some stuff. We're going to have, like, uh, I think we're I think JB is going to work out some particular uh, fun drink, and we're going to have food, and it's going to be the first happy hour. That's this Thursday from 4 to 7. So uh, that's at the Gaslight Bar, right at Kings Highway and Farty Far. No, Kings Highway Shaw. and Shaw. What, what, I said Kings Highway and 44, didn't Doug I? Doug Giles. Hello, Doug Giles. What's up, man? Chilling, brother, chilling. So we are just we are just talking about getting you uh, what we're going to do here on the 8th and 9th of June uh, for uh, you and for Radio Free Almond, and it's going to be a fun time, man. And 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 I, I told Doug uh, Ryan that we need to have all three of the the, the he's got a bunch of books, but three of the the top books: uh, Pussification, yeah. uh, Rules for Radical Christians. And is it ra- is it raising righteous and rowdy girls or rowdy and righteous girls? Uh, righteous and rowdy. Okay. Never get them. Never. Get them confused, man. I know. I just want to make sure. So, so, so we're working on that now, and it's going to be here at Gaslight, and then we're going to have the barbecue at an, at another location once we figure out how we're going to do that. So, uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? Well, I guarantee that June eighth and ninth, uh, snowflakes will melt, <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to to coming up there, man. It, it's been a long time. We've been uh, yarbling about it. But now that it's radio free uh, almond, we can do what we damn well please. I know, isn't that just great? I mean, how long have we been talking about getting you up here? It never happened, and then uh, finally we're uh, we're doing it here, and and we're not even really uh, in the uh, well, in the mainstream. I, I think it's I think it's principally because Jamie that uh, most radio stations are broke. Who listens to radio anymore? I don't listen. It's true. I don't listen to radio shows. Maybe Rush. Yeah. Maybe Sean. But other yeah. than that, man, I click the off button or I hit a podcast or I start yodeling. I, I do the greatest speed yodel. I make Jewel look like she's lazy and untalented. <laughs> but, but but radio. Oh please, come on. Yeah, no. Hey, at the top of ClashDaily.com, which is a rocket site, by the way, and and we still need to talk about partnering on that stuff, but I think you, you're doing some top-secret stuff, so we'll talk about what down the line. Uh, but anyway, this MSNBC anchor talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, man, what's that all about? Yeah, well, how did she put it? Uh, and, uh, you know, the good governor, uh, Mike Huckabee, called uh, – what's the – I can't remember that chick's name. Uh, Nicole Wallace. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she suggested that one of the White House reporters um, (laughs) ring Sarah Huckabee Sanders' neck. Uh, I think she said something like, don't you feel tempted sometimes just to run up there and ring uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' neck? Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there scratching uh, the back of my head, Jamie, thinking, huh, 
I wonder what time the feminists are going to organize a protest against uh, MSNBC for um, for violence. I mean, can you imagine if you said that, uh, Jamie? I want to wring David Hogg's neck. <laughs> I wonder what would happen to you on nine hundred seven point one. Yeah, huh? I mean, I wonder what I wonder what would happen with Washington Post and New York Times and conservative. Talk show host Jamie Allman said he wanted to strangulate and kill David Hogg. There would be boycotts. They'd be lined, you know, 10 miles long. But, you know, with the left, Jimmy, you know this, there's quadruple standards. There's not double standards. She can say, wring her neck. And she said, oh, it's just a figure of speech. And uh, she gets a pass. Well, and you know what? As far as I'm concerned, uh, maybe she should. Maybe we ought to do, but it's too bad the left doesn't do what we do, and that is simply refute what she has to say, talk about how, why is it that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a woman uh, is fair game for the left, but if it were a woman who was on the left and it was the right, you'd be called a woman hater and violent and a bully and that kind of thing. And so it's the double standard that we like to point out. I wouldn't, I don't want to see Nicole Wallace fired, but the bottom right. line is uh, we're, we're using this as an example of the hypocrisy out there. And, and actually, truly, too, when it comes to, to uh, like, you would never, like, if this were a female, White House uh, press secretary for a left-wing Democrat administration, this would be, this, all hell would be breaking loose right now. Yeah, and I agree with you. Uh, I, I don't feel like um, <laughs> protesting and calling for Nicole's job or any of that kind of stuff. The reason why is that I'm not a petulant child or a liberal with a mental disorder, you know? I mean, I, I understand analogies, hyperbole, figures of speech, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, and I, and I smoked weed during my English and grammar courses, and I still, I still understand that, and I still completely get, again, you know, those kind of, uh, <laughs> those kind of figures of speech. But it's completely lost on the left, uh, except, of course, when it's shoved down their throat like this with uh, Nicole and MSNBC, and uh, they have no other recourse but to, again, you know, um, uh, get a pass from the media. Yeah. If you're a woman, if you're a, a liberal, and if you're especially a black woman liberal, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want and walk with impunity in today's United States of sassy secularism. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, buddy, when it comes to uh... – the, the kinds of actions that people are allowed to get away with on the left and in the news media. I mean, let, let's put it this way. You talk about snowflakes all the time. I don't know whether you were able to see the White House uh, press gathering that took place where the reporters were all basically demanding somehow that Israel apologize for its uh, actions in the wake of the um, – of the, of the moving of the embassy. And seemingly the news media continually takes the side of the mooge over there. And, and I'm not even quite sure at this stage of the game that, first of all, the, the, the reports of the deaths are accurate because they're coming from Hamas, which is, and so it's probably a lie or, or at least inflated. And the fact of the matter is Hamas doesn't need generally any kind of excuse to mete out violence towards Israel. And they're just using this as just another cover. Yeah, they're like, today is Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, Britney Spears showed extra.
extra cleavage in her Vegas show. Ryan is hosting with Jamie Radio Free Almond. <laughs> you know, say the again. You're right. And here's here's my on this glorious day, which uh, every and a lot of liberals are, are Jewish, and you'd think that they would be, um, uh, you know, happy about this. But oh no, their Trump derangement syndrome, you know, uh, makes them see <laughs> fireworks. Um, here's the thing that I, I love because uh, I'm I'm a Christian evangelical man, and uh, you, you know uh, I'm not a fundamentalist though. You know what fundamentalist stands for, don't you? No. No fun, mostly dumb and quite mental. Anyway. <laughs> So I got so I got my evangelical never Trumper buddies who like you know God would never have me support you know Donald Trump because uh, he could have boinked Stormy Daniels. It's like listen, if you were if you're a billionaire and and you didn't have your morals tethered firmly uh, to the to uh, to the scripture, and you got Playboy chicks all around you and you got billions of dollars, I guarantee you'd probably boink or two, you know. Or or any of the other ones. So anyway, they're like, um, you know, we can't support Donald Trump. But a lot of evangel a lot of the evangelical world guys is uh, believes that the church in America should support Israel. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know the the historical biblical uh, roots and baton handing uh, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So here they are, anti-Trump. You know, everything he does stinks. And then boom, look what happened yesterday. Obama said he was going to do it. George W. Bush said he's going to do it. I think Clinton said he's going to do it. Nobody did it. Trump recognizes Jerusalem as the capital. Boom, puts an embassy there. And uh, I wonder what the never Trumpkins are thinking this morning. Yeah, well, you know, normally maybe like just the Democrats are, and that is they're, they're like, wait a minute. You did something that we normally just say we're going to do, but we never do, and now you're doing it. I thought it was funny, too, <laughs> that, that Ivanka was the one who kind of opened it up, and that must yeah. have driven the moosh oh, yeah. nuts. She wasn't wearing a, a burka either yeah, when she I know. did it. I mean, it must have driven them crazy. Uh, she's, uh, uh, you know, her and Melania, all they, all they have to do is walk out, and they're, they're so gorgeous. They're so classy. <laughs> They, they, they're, they're the antithesis of everything that uh, liberal, <laughs> liberal women are. They're not nasally. They're not nerve grating. They don't have a Paul Bunyan size axe to grind. They're just up there, gracious, rocking the planet, changing the world, and I love it, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and, and the the fact of the matter is, it's been so frustrating for these guys, especially with the president's approval ratings on up, and it's just like it's absolutely crazy. Now, by the way, I, I love. I loved – can you somehow explain to me, because I played this soundbite earlier with David Letterman, who looks – I just don't get this whole beard thing. I don't get what's going on here. So he talks to Seinfeld, and Seinfeld's like, you know what? I, I'm, not, I'm not – I don't do Trump jokes. I guess, I guess Letterman, these comedians keep trying to go to that well, and even Kimmel's kind of like going, I think, I'm, I think I've run the course with the, <laughs> with the Trump jokes. Are you playing a clip, or you want me to quip? I want you to quip. I think it's great, man. And uh, like you said, you know, Kimmel's even saying, you know, this this is we've milked this cow, <laughs> we've 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 milked this cow so hard and so long, her udders are bleeding. So we're not going to be, you know, going to the Trump uh, fodder anymore. Uh, Vice, we're going to have it on Clash Daily here in a second. 
uh, they said that Saturday Night Live, and this is Vice. This isn't, you know, Radio Free Allman, right, right of right. center. It's not Clash Daily. This is Vice. And they said Saturday Night Live's cold open skits are unfunny, elitist, liberal propaganda. Bam. Man, that is, that's, that's coming Seinfeld, from Vice. Seinfeld's like, I would rather tell jokes about raisins. There you go. I don't, you know, I'm not interested in, no, in no. denigrating Trump. And uh, you, I think you, it's you, I think it's uh, brilliant. Uh, Bill Burr, I don't I saw him the other night uh, in Austin. Oh my God, Jamie, uh, talk about somebody you need to get on your radio show. You might have to hit the the the, the yeah. bleep button, the dumb button, several times a, a no. second. Um, but uh, he he's stumping for Trump, and he took the crowd right. They thought that he was going to uh, eviscerate uh, number forty five, and he <laughs> he had him in the palm of his hands. And they thought that this was in Austin that he was going to waffle stomp the president, and then he spun it right on him and just started praising him and and all, and all the stuff uh, that he's doing for our country. It was brilliant, man. And I think uh, I think the people in the flyovers, you know, us meat and potato folks, uh, I I think that the majority of we the people don't think their crap's funny anymore. And you got the liberal comics like Kimmel even saying that he's bailing. Yeah, Bill Burr is pretty hilarious i've heard him on uh stern and some other shows before and yeah i I think it's it's interesting so this will probably make Burr disappear fairly rapidly from any of the talk shows but the fact that he's still at the comedy centers is 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 good enough for me because that's where the that's where the people are anyway so yeah burr's pretty fascinating he's a good guy i I think i think i think bill burr is the the funniest uh cost comedian out there bar none man i had lines in my face from laughing so hard i think i I think it took two bottles of lotion to get the creases to relax in about three weeks for for my face to chill out i love it hey how's the book going how's the how's the rules for radical christians going so this is the third week and uh I, i went over to amazon did a little narcissistic peep at my numbers in the category that we slotted it in which was new age thought just to jack with the liberals and uh, uh, and damn it, Jamie, uh, I don't hold the number one slot, but my paperback holds the number two slot, and the Kindle version holds the number three shot, slot, and the number one slot belongs to some uh, nut job that's giving it away for free. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, Ryan got a kick out of uh, the pussification <laughs> title, but it, it's so it's it, it's a great book, and people are gonna love it here in St. Yeah. Louis, at least the signed copy of it. So. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. So you're ready to come on down on Friday here at Gaslight. We're going to be doing the whole uh, uh, book signing, Doug Jowell's fan club, and then Saturday it'll be the barbecue, and you're out, man. So good. We, we, we're looking forward to it. I'll make sure I get you all the arrangements uh, made, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be a blast, dude. Jamie, Jamie, I've got this special thing. I've done a painting. I'm not going to tell you what it's up, but uh... – um, we're going to do mass run of this painting's prints, and uh, and I think uh, I know I painted it, and uh, but I still think it's funny. I laughed so hard the other day after I finished it and signed it that milk came out of my nostrils, and I haven't had milk for like ten years. I, I forgot that you paint, man. I've seen. So let, where, where, let me let me just find your uh, let me find your site. You had to see some of these pictures. Yeah, go to go to uh, Doug Giles dot art. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, dude, some of your paint, like, cause I know that you go, 
uh, on safaris and stuff like that. And you've got some really pretty amazing pictures up there, dude. I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. This one, this one though, that we're doing, it's a pro Trump painting. And I got, I got uh, commissioned by a uh, fortune 500 company, uh, the, the CEO to do this. And uh, they've got a huge marketing engine behind it. And Jamie, it's, it, snowflakes will melt. And I talked to him uh, yesterday. I said, can you get me these, uh, these prints uh, for my engagement in St. Louis with Radio Free Almond? And uh, they're busting their ass right now to try to get us a stack and stuff. Oh, good. It's, they're hilarious, man. They're, they're funny, big dog. And uh, I know I did it, but listen, people, if you like Mad Magazine and Mort Drucker, then OMG, have I got a print for you to put up on your wall that's pro-Trump that will make your liberal aunt with a mustache have a stroke when she sees it. <laughs> Doug, these pictures are am- – you are, you are painting these pictures. I mean, these are amazing pictures. Yeah, I mean – Yeah, Jamie's been holding out on you, man. Wow. Well, you know, well, listen, listen, if you go to ClashDaily.com – there's so much there, including Doug's podcasts and, of course, all the T-shirts and all that kind of stuff, and then all of his books and all that stuff. I mean, it, I can't keep up with you sometime, dude. I remember watching the, the seeing the, the paintings a while back, but you just reminded me of this other Doug Giles dimension. Yeah. And it's crazy. Hey. Uh, I'm, I'm a kitty cat, man. I, I love painting animals and horses and deer and antelope and uh and it drives uh this liberal guy said he goes you know what he goes uh he said i completely disagree with everything you say but because you're an artist i like you <laughs> i mean that is what like, you mean. that's how jesus made me man i'm multi-gifted multi-talented and uh and and very humble about it now are these animals that you paint right before you shoot them or <laughs> uh yeah, we, we we frame it out of the videos that we're no. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I just yeah, it's, uh, some of them are are uh, bucket list animals of, of things that I would like to pursue uh, someday in the bushveld. But uh, some of them I have, some of them I haven't. But you know the the thing that I do the most, man, are the warriors and the wild men. That's what we call our yeah. podcast, Warriors yeah. and Wild Men. But I'm I'm big time into. Uh, uh, you, you know these these archetypes, these these throwbacks to masculinity and and uh, wildness and the warrior spirit, because that's so uh, whizzed on today by you know the toxic masculinity man haters that I put forth uh, like King David, that that painting yeah. of him when he's an old cat and he's grizzled and his awesome. face is scarred, and the Huli warrior and the uh, Comanche chief of the high plains. Yeah, that kind of stuff just just uh, strikes a primal chord in me and my uh, clients and those who buy the, the, the various prints and stuff. You don't, you don't see and hear that anymore. You got guys with man buns and deep V-neck T-shirts and bangles. They've got more tattoos than a Maori warrior, and they got skinny jeans on, and you're just like, like you know what? I want to put something up on my wall that's epic, that's provider, protector, hunter, and hero, that makes me aspire to something instead of want to scrape my uh, shoe on the curb, you know? Hey, buddy, listen, we should also try to see if we can get the Warriors and Wildman on the Radio Free Almond. At some point, we could just get this. We could partner. Uh, you've got your podcast or you've got your show up on Radio Free Almond. Uh, 
every day or whatever it happens to be. And we'll hook that up. We'll talk more when you get here uh, to St. Louis, and we're really looking forward to it. But check it out, ClashDaily.com, and then also check out his podcast, Warriors and Wild Men, and it's all up there. We'll put uh, some links up in the comment section of the Facebook page. And, buddy, we are rocking it. We're now, we're now Facebook Live, but we've got these HD cameras now, and so ultimately we're going to have multiple cameras, and we're going to do some switching. It's going to be like a real live TV show, and when, by the time you get here, we're going to have you uh, in the studio where we are right now maybe reading some excerpts from your book and we'll put that up on the web man it'll be fun so looking forward to it hey uh just uh are, are all these uh, places can we smoke cigars there <laughs> um i think that well we'll be for the barbecue we'll be outside so yeah. you got to bring your safari cigars and then, and we've got some places outside of the gaslight here where we can just slip out and do a couple <laughs> puffs well, when, when you smoke a cigar, man, you don't slip out. I mean, you slip in. That's like an hour, you know, plus. Commitment. Well, I know. Well, I know. So, so we'll do that, but we'll figure that out. They're actually, where I'm putting you up, uh, in terms of the the hotel, there's a cigar bar there. So you're going to have. Uh, there's actually oh. a cigar room. So there's plenty of space there for you. Uh, here at Gaslight, eh, you know, you're going to have to do it outside if you can do it at all. And then we want to have the barbecue. It'll be outdoors, so we could just uh, smoke away. I'm coming, man. All right, buddy. I'm, I'm going to get all your details for you, and uh, and it's going to be a ton of fun. And then we'll, of course, are we are we settled on the books too? Because we want all three of them up here, right? I got them. I got everything uh, your audience needs. If they've got a tinker pot son, pussification. If they've got a son that's a serious Christian but doesn't have a uh, a roadmap to uh, change the planet, I got that covered. And if you've got any uh, uh, listeners with with girls. And they don't want them to become part of the teenage fart cloud. Raising righteous and rowdy girls is uh, is is going to be in tow as well. All right. Well, they're going to love them, and we love you, and appreciate you as always, buddy. Stay rowdy, guys. All right, you too. Thanks, Doug. This is Doug Giles. Ooh. Yeah, he's uh, he's great. His art Man. really is. I mean, he goes on these trips, and 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 I forgot to mention this too. He does a he uses he doesn't use the traditional like any like high powered rifle. He uses these like antique guns really to to hunt with. It's pretty amazing. Some of these guns uh, he showed me a few of them on the web, and they are like these uh, twenty thousand dollar, thirty thousand wow. dollar antique collectibles collectible guns that he uses to hunt with so he doesn't do it you know he doesn't do it well i wouldn't say it's the cheap way out but he just doesn't (laughs) use more of the high-powered material he just kind of does it kind of a little bit more of the old-fashioned way and so it's it's pretty darn cool yeah it absolutely is all right so uh quick update on the itunes stuff buddy yes so okay uh because i know we're getting ready to sign off here so you can find the radio free almond podcast by going to iTunes and looking up Radio Free Almond, you can now subscribe. Make sure you rate it, review it, and share that with your friends and family. Because even if they can't catch it live, you guys can always hear it. And I try to have that up within 24 hours of the show. I try to have that on iTunes. Stitcher will be being released today for you Android users. So you guys will be able to also subscribe to the podcast today. Also, the event that is coming up this Thursday night. Get on Facebook. It's on the events page uh, on on our Facebook page here. And go ahead and click that you're going to go. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Those are the big things happening. Stitcher. Stitcher. 
Never heard of that before. It's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> I'm learning. I know you I'm are. getting there. You're going to get a new phone today. I, yeah, get a new phone. Get a new phone, buddy. Looking for it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, go to Safari Cigars if you want to learn more about Doug's line of cigars, too. He's got cigars. He's an artist. A talker, obviously. Author. And that's coming the 8th and 9th of June. And, yeah, don't forget to sign up for the Big Happy Hour on Thursday as well. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Take care.